Serving fans throughout the Midwest and even more around the world, this is the Show Me Sports Network. The following is an exclusive broadcast property presentation of the Show Me Sports Network and is a high-fidelity, all-digital broadcast. This broadcast is copyrighted by the Show Me Sports Network for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this broadcast without the Show Me Sports Network's written consent is prohibited. It's time for Jefferson City Renegades Baseball on the Show Me Sports Network. This is the Jefferson City Renegades pregame show on the exclusive home for Renegades baseball, the Show Me Sports Network. We'll recap last night's highlights, set the stage for first pitch, and even get the thoughts of the head coach during the pregame show. All while we get set to bring you the exciting play-by-play action of your Jefferson City Renegades. The best pregame coverage in mid-Missouri is on the air. As the Show Me Sports Network broadcast crew is ready in the Doc and Norm Direct broadcast booth. Exclusive pregame coverage of Jefferson City Renegades baseball is brought to you by Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City. Avon with Michelle Carty. Boone County Journal. Centurion Cares, Christopher Scott, Farmers Insurance, Doc and Norm Direct, Eddie Goodell Society, Han Custom Laser Engraving, LLC, Hoslog Landscaping and Design, Last Sentinel Firearms, Retrieving Freedom, River Oak Christian Academy, Sawdust Studios, State Tech of Missouri, and Walk Off Wood Bat Company. The excitement is building in the stands, and the tension is rising in the dugout as first pitch is just around the corner. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Jefferson City Renegades Baseball on the Renegades Radio Network and the Show Me Sports Network. Now let's go live to the field to the Doc and Norm Direct Broadcast booth. And a very pleasant good evening, everyone. Blake Asaway here with you, joined by Ben Schmidt as we... Are a little late getting on air here, but uh, it is a hot, hot night for baseball here at Historic Ernie Vivian Field as the Chillin County Mudcats are coming to town. They set at a record of eight, uh, 10 and 18 on the season, facing your Jefferson City Renegades, who sit at 14 and 17. It says 96 degrees out, but Ben, it sure feels a whole lot hotter than that. Yeah, I think that's uh, not doing the true test of how hot it really here is at the stadium. It feels like we say that every home game. But it certainly has been a very hot summer here at the ballpark. But in terms of today's game, it's, it'll be interesting just because it's a Chillicothe Mudcats team that the Renegades haven't seen a whole lot of. I believe they've only played them two times up to this point. So it's not the familiarity of playing even the Griffins that they've played already a couple times this season, the, the Bombers, the Owls, stuff like that. So it's going to be uh, some unfamiliar faces overall tonight. Well, the thing with the uh, Mudcats, is there a team that's uh – we're just going to call it spade a spade. They're not the best by any stretch of the imagination in the uh, Mink League in the North Division, but for some reason they always seem to find a way to beat the uh, Renegades. It doesn't matter if it's home or away. They find a way to get it done, which is uh, they've just been that Achilles heel. But taking a look at your starting lineups for the uh, Mudcats, they'll start designated here wearing number nine batting leadoff will be Elijah Morris at center field batting in the uh, two-hole be Braden Brewer. Batting in the three spot, the right fielder in Jonah Espinal. Shortstop batting fourth will be Tyler Bickers. The left fielder batting fifth will be Justin Sanchez. 
First baseman batting sixth, Elian Guzman. And batting at uh, seventh at third base will be Nolan Barr. Catching, batting eighth will be Nathan Cup. And at second base, batting ninth will be Jonah Safford. Sorry, Sanford. I can't read my own handwriting on the mound. It'll be Bailey Quint. And taking a look at the starters for the Renegades. They'll start in center field. Wearing number 44, batting leadoff Adonis Forte. In left field, batting second, wearing number four, Cole Wagner. He was the hero of last night's games, the doubleheaders at Nevada. Then in right field, batting third, number 13, Jack Matishak. Batting fourth, playing on third base is Jackson Lovich. Designated hitter, batting fifth will be Andrew Imgarten. On second base, batting sixth, wearing number one will be Kobe Ott. At first base, batting seventh, wearing number 15, Carter Gorling. Catching, batting eighth will be number 25, Joe Hersler. And the shortstop wearing number 19, batting ninth, will be Taylor Hopkins. And on the mound will be number 38 in Braden Maltaby. As for Maltaby, he's 5'11", 185-pound junior. He's a right-hander. He is from Columbia but plays at Greenville, so he will get the start. As we said, very, very hot night here at the ballpark. But it should be a great night for baseball. The Renegade splitting games last night at Nevada. They lost game one, won game two. Really, we had a lot of fireworks we saw. Had Wagner hit a couple of home runs, one in each game. Had an inside-the-park home run as well. And even got to close out the game on the mound. That's really uh, all you can ask for from a player. Yeah, that would honestly be a good week for a certain couple of players. And Cole Wagner did it all in one day. I mean, showing off the power for his first two bombs. And then with uh, the pitching, we saw his first outing last week against the Crush. Didn't have the strikeout stuff last night, but good enough to pitch a whole inning without allowing a run. So I think that's a weapon the Renegades could look to maybe utilize a little bit more in terms of the versatility that he provides. And with the stretch of 12 games in 11 days, they're going to need pitching. And um, I think it's a good sign that they maybe have found a person that they weren't originally planning on being a weapon out of the bullpen. You're absolutely right on that. And that's the thing we, we talk about here from Ink League Baseball as you get late in the season and Really, uh, you just just have to find a way to to uh, make you know every player versatile. So we're going to take a quick break and get back to that thought in just a second. As you're listening to exclusive coverage, Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Serving the capital city and the surrounding area for 70 years, Animal Medical Center strives to provide the best possible medical service for your pet in a caring atmosphere. To promote quality healing and preventative care in a fear-free environment, Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is a full-service veterinary hospital. Whether your pet has fur, feathers, or scales, Dr. Greg Boyer and Dr. Kayla Terry have the experience and expertise to treat complex medical conditions as well as providing annual well checks and vaccinations. Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is the only veterinary hospital in the capital city accredited by the American American Animal Hospital Association. To schedule an appointment, call the team at Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City at 573-636-4626. Running out of some of your favorite Avon products and haven't seen an Avon brochure in quite some time? No need to worry. Avon Independent Sales Representative Michelle Carty can help with your skin so soft, makeup, jewelry, fragrance, and skin care needs. Avon now carries cleaning supplies, clothing, daily essentials, and several small LG electronic items. You now have the opportunity to shop online 24-7 and have your order shipped directly to your front door by shopping with Michelle at mcarty.avonrepresentative.com or find her on Facebook by searching Avon Carty. At the Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. We know that you're more than just a subscriber. You're an employer. You're a parent. You're a neighbor. 
Most importantly, you're a community member. It's our goal to provide you with the latest news, sports, opinions, obituaries, classifieds, and more to keep you informed about your community. To find out more about the Boone County Journal or to subscribe, call 573-657-2334 or visit bocojo.com. The Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. Nice job of the national anthem being performed here at the ballpark. As we'll get ready for the uh, Southwest Dental Care cleaning a home plate. As the biggest toothbrush here in the Midwest is going to get the job done and we'll be ready to play baseball. As we said, games last night went in favor of both teams. Doubleheader action as Nevada won game one. Really, it should have been the uh, Renegades as a victor there. I think very safe to say they kind of gave it away, but, you know, they come back, bounce back, and uh, really looked well in game two. Yeah, I think it's hard enough to bounce back on a doubleheader when you lose the first game, and then when you throw in the fact that the way they lost game one with the runner leaving too early in a game that seemed like they had it in their grasp to either come back or take the lead in the seventh. So to bounce back the way they did, put up nine runs, put the game away in the seventh, I think speaks a lot to some resiliency of this ball club because it would have been so easily to lie down and get absolutely shelled in that second game with all the momentum being in favor of the Griffins. But they came right back out, punched Nevada in the mouth, two batters in, they were already up one to nothing. So I think that speaks a lot, and I expect that momentum carrying in tonight, especially with one of the front-line starters for the Renegades on the mound. Well, the thing that I liked about it, too, is I was at the game, spin it down in the dugout for uh, for you and Bryce to have the call of the game. But, you know, definitely the players were having fun. They were having fun in game one, but game two, they, they for sure just kind of let their hair down and enjoyed it. Uh, Malta B was uh, having a good time down there, chasing down some foul balls, you know, doing some things like that because he was having the uh, start here tonight. So, you know, it just was a chance for them to really just, as I said, enjoy it, just have fun at the ballpark. And and that's kind of what the message was uh, was between games uh, from head coach and Mike D'Amelio is basically, you know, game one, it was on themselves. It shouldn't have come down to that last play. There were plenty of opportunities, one of which was when their bases were loaded and they only were able to score one run. But you know what? They had another game, so they just got to kind of wipe it from their memory, get ready, and uh, play game two, which which they did. And, yeah. you know, got to see Wagner again having two games, back-to-back games of the home run, had a inside-the-park home run in game two, as well as got to close out the game. And most importantly, that saved uh, uh, Tanner Schmidt from coming in to relieve the game because then that put him on a couple of days rest. So, you know, it doesn't seem like much, but overall in the grand scheme of things, that's a big, big thing. Yeah, another player too, Jackson Lovich, I think he started 0 for 4 across the first two games. And then you mentioned this to me, kind of sat in the dugout, I'm going to make an adjustment, and then goes out and drives three runs with two singles in his last two at-bats. Yeah, he said that before he stepped in that at-bat where it kind of changed the tide. So this will be due up, will be designated hitter in Elia. Elijah Maris, so first pitch him, misses ball one. That one swung on a miss. That evens a count of one ball and one strike. Yeah, that was a, that was a couple good back-to-back pitches, although Malpe missed with the first, came back with the off-speed down and away and got a swing and a miss. If he can continue to mix and match like that, he's going to have a good night on the mound. That pitch is going to be upstairs, so that will make it two balls and one strike as he steps to plate here. 
with the two good, pretty good starting pitching performances yesterday by the two Renegade starters as Malpe throws a strike, I think there's a little bit less pressure on now the Renegade starters pitch deep into these ball games. We're seeing, at least for the last time through the rotation, free and easy out of these arms, and it's kind of turned into where you kind of expect six innings now at this point out of them. Yeah, you know, they're, they're being very consistent with that. And uh, like we said, getting late in the season, that's really that's really all you can ask for because the arms are going to be in short supply right now from, from here on out with the remainder of the Mink League season is everybody vying to get into the uh, postseason race. 2-2 offering that one upstairs, gets by the catcher. Yeah, to play 14 innings yesterday and have to use just two relievers, I think is a really good sign. And with Carriker 2 going five, that's a nine-inning game. Maybe he even pitches any longer. Welch was kind of near the end of his line, got through six, and looked to be that's kind of right where his limit had reached. But overall, just the two starters, Carriker and Welch, a fine job yesterday. That one's going to be fouled off, so we'll stay full. Three balls and two strikes. Yeah, Malpe, not not super crisp with the command so far. Only one batter, so obviously very early into this ball game, but has missed way outside on a couple and then just hasn't had the put-away pitch yet. So payoff pitch on its way. That one's going to be fouled back. So we'll do it again. Try to get back-to-back fastballs to blow it past him, four strike three, and both times just able to make contact. So like I said, um, obviously first batter very, very early into this one, but... Hasn't found the uh, strikeout pitch yet. So Maltby looks back in his payoff pitch. That one's going to be a bouncing ball right back into his glove. He'll flip it out to himself. Flip it over to first base to Gorling for out number one. And then adds a little bit of a pizzazz to that ending with the celebration. Kind of held the arm out. Put both of them out like he was flying around on an airplane. Uh, just having fun out there. I like to see that. So now this will be center fielder and Braden Brewer will be stepping up. He's just waiting for a home run. I didn't realize that's who that was. I said hi to him just a few seconds before the game started. That, that's a great view. So first pitch, that one's going to be fouled off to a Brewer. They'll be down in the count at 0-1. Looks like the Renegades are playing pretty normal, especially on the left side with a right-handed batter. Not a whole lot of room to work with to punch a ball into left field. That one's going to bounce by the glove. Uh, Herschler, so will even the count of one ball, one strike. I'll tell you what, this is probably the best defensive infield, this combination right now that the Renegades got out there. Lovich, Hopkins on the left, Allen Gurling on the right. All four about as sure-handed as you can get. That one's going to be ripped, and they say fair ball. As it goes down to the left corner, Wagner will have to go chase it down. Runner will be at second, and looks like Wagner misplays it as now on third base. Will be Brewer, so he's going to get credit for a double. Then an E7. Yeah, first of all, a questionable call down the left field line. One off the bat, wasn't sure. But then it just rolled and rolled. And like you said, the misplay by Wagner could be very costly because otherwise that's just a double. But now on third base, the ball put in play makes this one to nothing. Whereas if the batter was still at second base, I mean, uh, ball in play can't necessarily hurt you. So Jonah's a spot roll. The right fielder will be due up now. He steps in here. That one's going to be fouled off. So he'll be down in the count at 0-1. Trying to look at the fielding percentages for this Renegades infield. 
I believe, though, yeah, all four of these infielders have a fielding percentage over 900, so nine times out of ten, and it feels like even more that these guys on the infield are making the play. So Malpe's going to have some help out there. That one's also going to be fouled back, so they will try it again. In an 0-2 count here, if uh, Malpe can put put him away on a strikeout, that would be huge because then it gives you a chance with just any out to end the inning and keep the first run off the board. So no balls and two strikes. That pitch in there for called strike three. Yeah, when Herschler caught that one, I was saying, yeah, or at least I was thinking that better be rung up strike three. Looked like perfect location on the outside corner at the knees, and not a whole lot you're going to do with that as a hitter, but perfect location there by Malpe. So two outs here now as stepping back in. is Tyler Bickers, the shortstop. All to be looking to get out of this inning. Train the runner at third. That pitch is outside. Herschler keeps it in front of him and has to go back and find it. So that'll make the count one ball, no strikes. Important for Malby here to stay locked in. Gets the huge strikeout for out number two, but now has to keep his guard up and make sure that he doesn't give up a two-out RBI knock in this situation. So one ball, no strike count, two outs here. Next pitch, that one's going to be fouled off. That's the umpteenth foul ball we've seen in this half of the inning. Yeah, it feels like we haven't seen a whole lot of swing and miss yet, just a lot of foul balls. A lot of at-bats where the uh, person swinging has been late, but Malby just kind of a few ticks under in terms of the velocity to get it actually past the batter. That one's going to be a ball lifted high in the air. Coming in is Forte, and he will make out number three as that. We'll leave a runner stranded at third base. No runs were scored. We'll go to the bottom half of the frame as you're listening to exclusive coverage. Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. At Centurion Cares, for more than three decades, their focus has been on exceeding customer expectations for contact center software solutions. Their innovative communication solutions include utility interactive voice response software that allows for smart communication features that let your utility deliver superior customer service 24-7. They also provide other streamlined services like automatic call distribution, automated customer callback, reporting, and quality assurance. To find out more about how Centurion Cares can help your business, call them at 727-421. 5300 or look them up online at centurioncares.com centurion cares innovative communication solutions when things come out of left field having a game plan matters farmers insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game we've seen almost everything so we know how to cover almost anything talk to farmers agent christopher scott at 573-896-0131 to see how i can help you stay in the game that's christopher scott at 573-896-0131 we are farmers bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. We go here to the bottom of the first inning. As leading off, it'll be Adonis Forte. Forte will be starting in center field. Sorry, trying to get our audio dialed in here. A little better. 
see if that's maybe a little better. I don't know if anybody can. Maybe that's better. We're going to go with that at least. Does that sound better in your headset? What? Does that sound better in your headset? Apparently not because you couldn't hear it's, me. Well, with the music, it's it's good in, when the music's not going. But regardless, Adonis had a good night at the plate last night. His RBI single in the second game, not a thing's at two in a game the Renegades were chilling after a couple innings. And also, he took the ball opposite way for that RBI single. So it's always a good thing, I think, when you see a lefty hit the ball to left and a righty hit the ball to right because it means they're able to spray the ball all the way around the field. So this will be Adonis Forte stepping in as Forte. Find him here in the roster. Forte, 5'11", 185-pound freshman. He's from Omaha, Nebraska. Plays at Rockhurst, left-handed batter. He's a right-handed thrower. So first offering to him. This is outside ball one. And Forte hitting 292. That's second on the Renegades in terms of guys that are eligible in terms of at-bats. The two leaders in Boyer and Steelman only have eight combined at-bats. Or actually, eight, yeah, eight combined at-bats. That ball is going to be hit a mile in the air. As center fielder going to his left, he'll camp in front of the Dock and Norm Direct broadcast. The uh, Dock and Norm Direct sign for out number one. As we said, we're coming to you from the Dock and Norm Direct broadcast booth. That was to be Cole Wagner. Wagner, 5'8", 170-pound freshman. He's from Festus, Missouri. Plays at Rockhurst, left-hander across the board. He is an outfielder, an infielder, a pitcher, pretty much... Mr. Utility. Yeah, Wagner, I, I, I always knew, you will see as you could see how good of a hitter he was, but then to turn on the power, uh, pull the ball out to right field both times last night, I think that was a really good showing. If he has more of that as the season goes on and wraps up, I mean, he'd be one of the Renegades' best hitters come playoff time. First Probably pitch, already is. First pitch to him called strike one. So one out here. As next offering to Wagner. That one misses low. We'll even the count. At one ball and one strike. Hopefully you're enjoying today's broadcast. Blake Gaswell here with you. Joined by Ben Schmidt here on the Show Me Sports Network. Also for Wagner, 21 walks, by far the most on the Renegades. That one upstairs. He'll take ball two. Just shows he's very patient at the plate. Stays with it. Well, he looks to be the only Renegade with more walks than strikeouts. He's got 21 walks to 17 Ks. That one misses low, so that'll make it three balls and one strike. On the mound, Bailey Quint. Wagner also a sporting a 4-5-6 on base. That's pretty incredible for how many games we've played. 3-1 offering, that one down central. That'll be called strike two. I mean, to think about the fact that we're sitting here running gauge of, what, 13 and 17, I, I believe, so that's 30 games, and he's getting on base essentially one out of every two times. I mean, that's pretty wild. Well, that's, that's really exactly how you draw it up, what you're looking for. That one low, so he'll take another walk as that'll be issued to him on a full count. So he will jog on down to first base. Now this will be Jack Matishak for Matishak playing in right field. He's six foot, 210-pound freshman. He's from Kirkwood, Missouri, plays at Jefferson College. Left-handed batter. He is a right-handed thrower. Yeah, Matashek, too, by far the Renegades' leader in terms of average. Only qualified player hitting over 300 at 329. So he goes back to the red cleats here. That spikes. First pitch to him. Misses inside ball one. Had a big double two in the time. Right after Wagner hit the Little League home run 
uh, Matashek doubled, then scored a run. And that would be big because if he doesn't score that run and hit the double, it's 3-3 headed to the seventh, and maybe we see a different pitcher in a tie game instead of the Griffins trailing. So that pitch called strike one. Matashek just across the board, it's just stats are up there with the best on the team, probably the best in the league, 25 hits and 76 at-bats. I mean, one out of every three times. Um, he's putting the ball in play for a base hit, a lot of extra base hits too. Throw back to first base, and they're going to say that Wagner is thrown, is uh, picked out at, off of first base. Got too far out there, and... He is relieved off the base path. Yeah, not too often you see something like that when it's a right-handed pitcher. I mean, Wagner was leaning pretty far off the bag and was out pretty easily. There's going to be a ball blistered in a right field. Right fielder going back on it. It'll hit off the Hitachi sign as Matashak will be on his way to second base. Now that pickoff at first hurts right there. Well, that pickoff now really hurts the Renegades because this is now a second and third one out or maybe even a run in if that doesn't happen. Regardless, another extra base hit for Matashek. He continues to blister the ball. I mean, there's a reason he's hitting third pretty much night in and night out for the Renegades. And so it's because be he has the ability to do Jackson. that. Well, it is really hard to hear when the music starts. Yep. I thought you were done. I apologize. No, you're, no, cut you're you off. Jackson Lovich, third baseman, stepping in now as Lovich, 6'4", 180 pounder. He is from Overland Park, Kansas. Right hand across the board. He'll be a Mizzou Tiger here in a few weeks when school starts. There's going to be a ball lifted in the air as high, high in the air. Center fielder coming in on a hill camp under it and a catch shot for out to number three. As we go to the second inning of work, still scoreless, you're listening to exclusive coverage Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Moex Dock and Norm Direct is back better than ever. Much more than your number one ground shuttle transportation service to St. Louis Airport. Yes! Moex Dock and Norm Direct is Mid-Missouri's leader in premier group travel. Sporting events, concerts, wedding receptions, the lake, winery trips, Branson, plaza shopping, reunions, pub crawls, group sizes from 1 to 100 or beyond. We do it all. Remember, we want you to ride Moex Dock and Norm Direct. The following public service announcement is brought to you by the Eddie Goodell Society, Jefferson City Chapter 10, doing little things to make a big difference. Want to make a big difference in your community? Be kind to others, drive safely, and put litter in its proper place. Join us in celebrating Eddie Goodell's historic Major League appearance as a member of the St. Louis Browns by doing something nice for someone today. Take a walk, Eddie! Effective half of the first inning. Both teams strand a runner on the base path as well. However, neither team is yet to score a run as we will go to the top of the second inning. It'll be batters five, six, and seven due up here for the Mudcats. Best thing about this is I can hear you in my headset now. This is yeah, so much trying better. to get everything dialed in a little bit here and think we've got almost the right combination now. Well, your phone never misses a beat to give feedback, does it? No, it does not. There's not a lot of guarantees in life, but the guarantee that I can give you is Ben's got his phone out. It will pick up on the broadcast for sure. So this will be 
first baseman, Elian, sorry, this, let me back up here, left fielder Justin Sanchez is due up. Then it'll be Guzman and then Barr. His first pitch misses ball one. Maltby digs back in, 1-0 offering. That one's going to be hit off the end of the bat as Ott is going back from second base. He'll make the grab for out number one. Two pitches, one out. That's a good combination. Yeah, good start for Maltby. Hope, although he didn't give up a run in the first, had to deal with one out and a runner on third base. So you'd like a much lower stress inning here in the second, and especially for a pitcher, you hope goes deep into the ball game. The, the more innings you have where it's one or two runners on base, the less and less chance we have of Maltby pitching into the sixth or seventh. So now this will be first baseman Elian Guzman as he steps in here, his first bat of the game. He's going to hit a high chopper. It'll go foul as Lovich goes over near third base and fields it but in foul territory. So Guzman will be down in the count at 0-1. So no balls and one strike. In the sun bearing down here. Let's see. Guzman did not have a great day at the plate when these two teams faced in Chillicothe a little less than a month ago. A one offering. That one inside part of the plate for Cold. Strike two. So that'll make it an 0-2 count. Yeah, Guzman went 0 for 3 and then was also picked off on the base pass. So I'm sure he'd like to forget that one and put up a better stat line here today. That one just misses. So that'll make it one ball, two strikes. A little breeze comes through. Still a good contingent has made their way out to the ballpark here, despite it being, it says 96 degrees, feels like 97, but I think the weatherman's wrong as that one swung on and missed for out number two. Yeah, there's the strikeout pitch that Malpe hadn't totally found, at least a swinging strike yet through the first couple of batters, but blows that one there past Guzman, and that's a, a big first couple outs here in the second inning. I got to say, uh, for for uh, Maltby, is he's running on a lot of sugar right now. He was tracking down foul balls for free drinks from the concession stand last night, like nobody's business. First pitch, that one is down in the dirt. Ball one is this is third baseman Nolan Barr. And then after the game, we got free lemonade, so that's that's even more. He might be a diabetic this time next week. 1-0 offering on its way. That one misses just low and outside, so it'll make it two balls and no strikes. Mm -hmm. What other kind of lemonade is there? That one in there for called strike one. So nice job to work it in there. Froze bar at the plate. Bar will step back in. Maltby will look in, get the sign from Hersler. 2-1 offering. That one's going to be a hit foul. That'll even it at two balls, two strikes. Nathan Cup, the catcher in the on-deck circle. I'll be on the season at a 2-5-9 ERA, and so far through the first five batters, that number only continuing to go down. According to this, this would be start number five, and he's just over 25 innings on the season. That pitch down central for called strike three. His third strikeout of the game, back-to-back strikeouts as the side is retired in order as we will go to the bottom of the second inning. Still tied at 0-0. Zero to zero. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Since 2018, Han Custom Laser Engraving LLC has been specializing in all things custom. Using large format, high-powered lasers with some of the most advanced technologies on the market, anything can become a canvas. The state-of-the-art system makes quick work of custom engraving on cups, glass, tile, wood, acrylic, metal, headstones with endless possibilities. They also offer custom one-of-a-kind signs that are sure to make your design stand out. Find them on Facebook at Han Custom Laser Engraving or call 573-489-8732 to find out more on Custom Laser Engraving, LLC, a veteran-owned business. 
Hi, this is Nick Hoslog, owner of Hoslog Landscape and Design. Every day, my highly trained team of experts works hard to give you the outdoor living area you've been dreaming of. By focusing solely on landscaping and hardscape construction, this has made us the preferred landscape and design company serving Jefferson City and the Central Missouri area. Thank you for all your continued support in voting us as winners of the Reader's Choice Awards and Jefferson City's Best multiple years running. When you are ready to begin your dream outdoor project, call us at 573-301-9464 to schedule an estimate or visit hoslaglandscape.com. We go to the bottom of the second inning now, still scoreless. Maltaby making quick work, retiring in order. They went batters one, two, and three. Down one, two, three fashion, I should say. Now this will be the designated hitter in Andrew Imgarten. Imgarten is six foot, 180 pound freshman. He's a left-handed batter, right-handed thrower. He plays at Missouri Baptist and he hails from Moberly, Missouri. He's also perfect in his fielding tries so far this season. So hasn't started every day, but most of the time when he's at second and short, another player that the Renegades have been able to count on to make pretty much every play when it's available. So he will dig in here on the left-hand side of the plate. First pitch to him, downstairs and away, ball one. I can see the Renegades jump out on uh, a starter for Chillicothe. Put some run support on the board for Malfi and uh, get him a lead early. 1-0 offering on its way. Allen outside, ball two is Imgarten. Being very patient here. He's ahead in the count, two balls, no strikes. Not often you see Hopkins, on and Imgarten all in the lineup on the same day. 2-0 offering, that one swung on and missed. Final take to count, two balls, one strike. See a couple of little league teams here. Softball team here as well at the ball game. It's thankful Thursday at the ballpark. 2-1 offering on its way. That one inside. Getting out of the way of it was Imgarden. And you got to help with something else that pretty cool that took place before the game as well. They had some fans take some at-bats during batting practice today, and I know you were on the field for that. Yeah, we uh, we had a deal called Fans at Bat. It's $100 that gets you and four of your friends in to the ballpark. You can take some BP. You can field some balls if you want. There's going to be a ball ripped to the first baseman off his glove and making it safely to first base is Imgarten. So Imgarten's going to get a single there on a hard hit ball to the first baseman. Now this will be the second baseman in Colby Ott as Ott hails from Festus, Missouri, plays at Jefferson College, 5'10", 180-pound freshman. He's a right-hander across the board. And I see why that that play was ruled a uh, single because I believe the, who that's Guzman over there at first base. It was kind of an in-between hop. He went halfway in between standing up and bent down to a knee, and it just kind of hopped up on him in the mid-chest area. He turned the glove over, and it just would have been a tough play with how hard it was hit and the t- a hop it took. A runner on, nobody out. First pitch called strike one out. Tried to check up, but called a strike. So that'll be no balls and one strike. So he will step back in. Uh, not a great batting average, but the on-base over 300, so he's not been afraid to take his walks. That pitch is going to be upstairs. Evens count one ball, one strike. 
Was it Ott that checked in there in that last inning last night in Nevada out in left field? Correct, and he made the uh, really nice jumping, kind of turning grab out in there on left field on a ball that was scolded. Helped out his pitcher, Cole Wagner, basically playing Wagner's position. 1-1 one, one offering, that one outside, so we'll go two balls and one strike. Yeah, he uh, he got in the mind of the pitcher quite often yesterday. He was working on that as he didn't start the second game, then came in late in relief. 2-1 offering, that one's going to be a low and outside, so we'll go three balls and one strike. We talked about this a little in the pregame with potentially using Wagner as a pitcher down the stretch. And now that you see that Ott's kind of a viable option out in left field, that's a big thing for the Renegades because if you put him out there, you can use Hopkins and Imgarn on the middle of the infield. That's three really good defenders all in the lineup at once. 3-1 offering. That one's going to be fouled back. You're absolutely right on that, and that's that's really been a gem, a little hidden gem for the Renegades this season is having players that could really hop in there and put – Anywhere you put them on the field, they can find a way to be productive and help the team out. So full count pitch now will be forthcoming. It's on its way. That one is going to walk him as it froze the umpire, but he says take your base. And with that walk, Ata joins the double-digit club on the walks for the season for the Renegades. He is now the sixth player to be in double-digit walks for the Renegades. So not a huge club. Ata now joins them with his tenth base on balls of the season. So now this will be Carter Gorling, 6'3", 200-pound freshman. He plays at Colorado Mines from the Woodland, Texas, right-hander across the board. He's playing at first base here tonight. So Quint will check on the runner at second. Now he'll deliver the ball to home as Gorling will get under it and pop it up as a shortstop or second baseman going out. Then he'll be called off by the right fielder for out number one. Yeah, that's big right there, especially after you have back-to-back guys work their ways on base via free pass, or the second coming via free pass. Uh, obviously, Gorling, not what he was trying to do, but swinging at the first pitch and making a quick out could really come back to kind of bail out the starting pitcher for Chillicothe and really could turn around this inning. So now this will be uh, the catcher, Joe Herschler, six foot, 200-pound freshman. He is from Jefferson City, plays at Jefferson College, right-hander across the board. Quinn checks on the runner at second, first pitch. Is in there called strike one. So he will be down in the count is Herschler at 0-1. And one out with two runners on. That's M. Garten at second, on on first. Either team has scored yet here as we play in the bottom of the second inning here at historic Ernie Vivian Field as the Mudcats in the Mink League North Division facing your Renegades here in the South Division. So 0-1 offering. We'll be forthcoming here after a long look in by Quint. So one pitch, that one even at one and one now as it missed outside. With the first baseman, Guzman, playing pretty much right behind the runner on at first, and the second baseman, don't know who that is, but he's playing a little closer towards the second base bag. A ton of room to work with on the right side. If Herschel can get it over there, I mean, that ball is likely headed for right field. Next pitch on its way. That one missed outside, so that'll make it... Two balls and one strike, and the on-deck circle will be shortstop Taylor Hopkins. Hopkins at 271 on the season with a 322 on base, so a promising hitter on deck. 2-1 offering. Swung on and missed. That'll even the count of two balls, two strikes. When you look at the overall statistics for the running aids, I mean, having a 271 hitter in the nine spot just proves this is a pretty deep lineup from top to bottom. And a lot of guys that... Uh, they can mix and match to create the starting nine. So 2-2 two, two count, pitch on its way. 
That one gets by the catcher. Everybody's going to advance a base path. They will throw down a second, but in safely is Ott. Bold move there by the, the catcher to throw that ball down to second base. Ott was going to be in there pretty easily, but risk having that ball maybe go into center field, and with one out could have meant to trot on home for Imgarten from third base. So now it'll be a full count again, three balls and two strikes. This is the second, third time now we've seen a full count at bat. That one outside. So it's a six-pitch walk. So Hersler will jog on down to first base. So now base is loaded with Taylor Hopkins. I was going to say just a moment ago, pretty important that Hersler swing in a uh, two-strike count and just put the ball in play, but he didn't have to because that ball was nowhere close, and the walk loads him up. So base is loaded now for Hopkins. First pitch to him, misses low ball one. Again, we're still scoreless here as M. Garten will be at third base, Ott will be at second base, and Hersler will be at first base. One ball, no strike count. Again, one out here. Single likely makes it 2 nothing with Ott at second base, speedy runner. 1-0 offering. Hopkins is going to watch that one go by low, so he'll be heading the count at two balls, no strikes. Donna's Forte in the on-deck circle if Hopkins finds a way to get on the base path. If I'm Hopkins with two walks already this inning, I think I'm taking until I get a strike unless this next pitch is right down the middle. There's going to be a bouncing ball. It'll be gloved and flipped into nowhere as everybody will be safe. So it'll be an E6 with an RBI. As that was hit on the money to the shortstop, he bobbled it. Off the bat, that ball hit right to Bickers. I mean, if he feels that cleanly, that may be a 6-4-3 double play in the inning and keep things scoreless. But then the double, or excuse me, the bobble, kind of just caught everyone off guard and allowed everyone to be safe. Huge break there for the Renegades because otherwise it could be inning over right now. This will be Forte. Bases loaded, one out. He'll watch the first pitch miss, ball one. So Quint on the mound. Here in his second inning work has given up one run. He still has the bases loaded now as it's Ott on third, Herschler on second, Hopkins on first. 1-0 offering to Forte. He'll pop that out of play. So that'll leave the count at two at one ball and one strike. Kiddo's good racing after that foul ball. Yeah, with a couple of little league teams here tonight, we should have no trouble retrieving. Uh, pretty much every ball that leaves the stadium. I, I would even uh, guess that we may see one or two willing to jump into the creek for a baseball tonight. So 1-1 one, one offering from Quint. That one downstairs gets by everybody. Ott does not go home. I think that's a good call there by Ott. It, kicked, it didn't kick off the backstop too hard, but enough to where, at the very least, that would have been a bang-bang play with one out, no reason to chance it there. Especially yeah. a good contact hitter in Forte. Yeah, I agree. I think he made the right decision to put the brakes on. Everybody stays where they're at. So, again, bases loaded, two balls, one strike, one out. Quint's next delivery on its way. There's a bouncing ball into the glove of Quint. He'll throw home, but overthrew the catcher from halfway to home plate, and the run scores as Ott does a great job to check up and not run into the force tag. Yeah, I'm starting to think maybe the Mudcats are trying to give this game away in the second inning because this game should be 
uh, scoreless heading to the third inning, 0-0. Back-to-back plays were defensive miscue, especially that one where they had odd by 45 feet. He was halfway to home when the pitcher got it. And like you said, he checked up, and I think that it may have gotten into the head of the pitcher. I think he kind of saw that all at once and then rushed to throw to the plate. It was uh, it was probably a ball that should have been caught. It wasn't completely over the glove, but... Uh, if, if that's if that's done smoothly, they at least get the out at home and maybe even turn a double play. How did uh, Tom rule that? I would guess E2. Nope. So official wording ruling from Tom on that. So the run counts, though. It makes it a 2 nothing score. Ashley, if you would fix the scoreboard, it has nothing up there. No, it has... That, that one doesn't work. I'm giving her a hard time, oh, okay. you know. Well, we need to put like 10 up there. So, again, base is loaded here. Now this will be uh, Cole Wagner. Is there a better player to be stepping into the box right now for the Renegades with the bases loaded? Well, we have a chance here to see maybe our grand slam. We've been waiting for that all season as he fouls that one straight back. I, mean, back to back. I didn't even flinch at that. Steel, like steel. Back-to-back hitters in Wagner and Matashek. I mean, I don't think there's any better option, especially with Wagner. He is going to force strikes to be thrown. If not, he'll gladly take the walk and force in a run. Oh, one pitch. That one caught the outside part of the plate. So I don't make it 0-2. Wagner found off the first one. That one catches the outside corner. Again, bases loaded with one out. Two runs have been scored by the Renegades here over the Mudcats. And a Mink League North versus South matchup. 0-2 offering. That one's going to be fouled. Just got a piece of it. So he will keep the bat alive here as it's 0-2 still. Wagner with 17 strikeouts, so not immune to get putting down on strikes here, but it's not the highest on the team. You feel pretty confident that he's going to at least put the ball in play in the spot and enough speed to, to potentially be out of double play if it's hit on the ground. Quinn's going to step off the, step off the mound there. Call time. Give me a chance to get a drink of water here. It's a hot night at the ballpark. Renegades trying to keep the heat up as they push two runs across, looking for more. As there's going to be a ball. It's going to be misplayed by the shortstop, and another run will score. That one was probably the toughest play that we've seen. I would be interested to see if they rule that infield single or error altogether. What do you got, Tom? Yeah, I think that's a Good right call. I agree. Because it was a short hop, and even if the shortstop, Bickers, feels that perfectly, with the speed of Wagner and having to throw across his body, I mean, it was just hit so in between that he kind of took a step back and hesitated. I think infield single is the right call, although uh, pitcher for Chillicothe not getting any help whatsoever from his defense. So still bases loaded. First pitch to Matashak upstairs, ball one. We've had bases loaded. For most of the inning here, it seems, as this is batter number eight. Matashak represents batter number eight. It's three to nothing here. Could push it to as far as seven to nothing if he could hit it over the fence. He'll foul that one out of play. Bases loaded and eight hitters coming to the plate, but what, isn't there only been two hits this inning for the Renegades? Um, obviously just had the one by Wagner, but did Imgarn single? There was someone at the beginning yep. who singled. Yep, yep, just two hits yeah. so far in this inning. That's really been some keys to success for the Renegades is to push runs across but not put up a whole lot of hits, but they found a way to take advantage of the miscues. That pitch swung on in the dirt. I think he wanted to make it 7-0 with that swing. He had uh, eyes set dead red on that 340 side out in right center field. Again, bases loaded here. 
as Hopkins on third, Forte on second, Wagner on first, Matishak to bat. One-two offering from Quint on its way. That one catches the outside part of the plate, and they say called strike three. That's good for out number two. Tough call there for Matishak. Yeah, that's a tough pitch just because uh, with the way it ended up, I mean, kind of high and outside, probably best bet there for Matishak is trying to take that one to left field, but he's been such a pull hitter so far this season. I just don't think that's a pitch that uh, he was expecting in that spot, and pretty good location there, not a lot you can do. So now this will be Jackson Lovich, the third baseman, stepping in with bases loaded and two outs here. First pitch to him. He's going to rip that one, caught by the third baseman. As that is out number three as he rips it, but on the money with a diving grab at third base. That's bar for out number three. How do they commit all those errors all inning long and then make that that play? That play was destined for left field and should have scored three runs. I don't understand it. Your guess is as good as mine. Well, three runs put up there, just two hits in the inning. There were a couple of errors. And three left on base. We'll go to the third inning to work. Renegades lead by three to nothing. We'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball from the Show Me Sports Network. Last Sentinel Firearms is your federally licensed and registered Type 7 FFL manufacturer dealer in Missouri, providing quality products to all types of sports enthusiasts, law enforcement, and individuals across the nation. Orders are currently being fulfilled, offering custom-built pistols and rifles from the AR platform made right here in Missouri. Visit their website at lastsentinelfirearms.com or call them at 417-684-7202 to find out what they've got for you. Last Sentinel Firearms, you are your last line of defense. Hi, I'm retired Army Sergeant Trent Dirks, and I want to tell you about an organization that saved and changed my life forever. Retrieving Freedom provides highly trained service dogs to veterans with disabilities and children with autism absolutely free of charge, thanks to the generous donations and support from people just like you. Experts from Retrieving Freedom help throughout the entire process from fostering programs through service dog placement. Retrieving Freedom gave me the skilled service dog, Tracer, who has been my best friend in my lifeline. To find out more about how you can get involved, volunteer, foster, or to donate, visit their website, retrievingfreedom.org. Retrieving Freedom, changing lives through the training and placement of service dogs for veterans with disabilities and children with autism. We go to the uh, top of the third inning here as it'll be batters 8, 9, and 1 due up. As Maltaby entering his third inning of work here, that's a big swing and a miss. From Nathan Cup for strike one. Then Jonah Samford will be in the on-deck circle. He's playing second base. Cup playing behind home plate. That designated hitter is due up. That one hit foul down the first baseline. Gorling will get it. So it'll be quickly 0-2. Alpi now given three runs of supports. Has to feel good. The only thing you worry about with a pretty long inning, sending nine to the plate, having to sit for a while in between uh, times throwing pitches. But quickly ahead 0-2. Doesn't look initially like that time off is going to affect him. So 0-2 offering. That one a bit outside. Tell you what, Malpe is throwing that fastball with about everything he has. When he comes with the heat, he's putting the whole body into it. Some guys, it's light and easy. But for Malpe, he is really uh, using the whole torso. That one's going to be another ball hit in the air. As coming in on it will be Forte. He'll make the grab in center field for out number one. So now this will be the second baseman in Jonah Samford. Exactly. Sorry. Exactly the start you want there. Uh, After scoring as many runs as the Renegades just did, have your pitcher come out, get the first out, don't even 
try and give Chillicothe a chance to start a rally here. Sanford batting ninth in the lineup. After this, we'll go back to Maris at the top of the lineup. First pitch to him in the dirt. Ball one. The front nine so far, just one base runner allowed. You have to like what they're seeing from Alpi so far. 1-0 offering. That one misses low and away. So that'll make it 2-0. Altaby looks in, gets the sign from Herschler. 2-0 offering on its way. That one's going to be ripped foul down the third base side. So I'll put the count. Two balls, one strike. And three runs in favor of the Renegades. No runs in favor of the Mudcats. So we play here in the top of the third inning. 2-1 offering. There's going to be a bouncing ball. It'll be taken... By Lovich, he'll throw to first in time for out number two. Well, Malpe so far this season, opponents hitting 231 off him coming into this game, and that number continuing to drop one time through the order tonight when you retire eight out of the first nine. I mean, this is a game where Malpe could continue to drop that opposing average close to the 200 line. He's only given up one hit, has three strikeouts, has no walks in the game so far. So two outs now. First pitch to Maris, bounces across home plate, so we'll go one ball, no strike. And the one hit that Malpe did give up was a ball just on the third base part of the bag down the left field line. That's a call very easily, I think, could have been called foul and really would not have been too shocked. 1-0 offering on its way, that one downstairs. Tried to get him to chase that, but he did not. Malpe obviously able to work out of it when he did give up that extra base hit has kept things scoreless, but just interesting to think that first time through the order really has not had any sense of trouble. There's going to be a ball again, fielded at third by Lovich, throw to first in time. So back-to-back 5-3 putouts. That'll take us to the bottom of the third inning as still a Renegades lead. We'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Riverdale Christian Academy has been providing a strong biblical foundation and academic excellence within a Christian environment to students for more than 16 years. Located in the Jefferson City, Riverdale Christian Academy offers kinder prep through 7th grade with 8th grade to be added in the 2023-2024 school year. Riverdale Christian Academy's primary goal is the discipleship of the next generation to impact the world for Christ. Average class sizes are just 16 students with a student body composed of families from over 30 area churches. Kinder prep offerings include 3 and 5 full day sessions with kindergarten offering a half day and full day program. To find out more about Riverdale Christian Academy, Academy. Call them at 573-634-3983. Creating custom, handcrafted woodworking projects has never been easier. Become a member of Sawdust Studios and enjoy 24-7 access to a woodworker's paradise. Outfit with industry-leading professional-grade tools, Sawdust Studios offers endless woodworking possibilities. Don't have woodworking experience? No problem, as Sawdust Studios offers affordable classes from a community of woodworkers, experienced designers, and master craftsmen. Youth classes are also offered for those junior woodworkers. For more information, search Sawdust Studios on Facebook or find them online at sawdust247.com. Sawdust Studios, your community woodshop. We go to the bottom of the third inning now. The Renegades again lead by a score of three to nothing. As we'll start right back where we started last inning. It'll be batters five, six, and seven due up. As nine Renegades came to bat last inning. And we're going to put up three spots on two hits. A couple errors committed by the Mudcats. 
However, the bad news is they left three on base, did the Renegades, so it'll be Imgarten, Ott, and Gorling. Have to like what you see, though. He talked about leaving the three on base with the robbery against Lovich. I mean, when you think about the fact he had two hits, three RBIs last night, and was just a couple inches away from having another one and probably two to three RBIs tonight, I mean, he's seeing the ball well, hitting over two or 257 on the year. I mean, he's picked things up as the season has progressed. So first pitch from Quint to Imgarten. That one's going to be a ball that's going to get out into the gap and go to the Central Bank sign. That's cut off, but headed that direction, so he'll have a leadoff first pitch single. So he'll be standing on first base. Now this will be Colby Ott. Imgarten looks good tonight. Two at-bats and two singles. Hopefully it's the start of another rally for the Renegades. You know what? As hot as it is, the sun just so close to going down. But the temperature's cooled off a little bit, but it'd be okay after playing 14 innings last night with those two seven-inning doubleheaders. It'd be okay if we run-ruled the game tonight, got a little shorter. That one called strike one. Well, you can uh, thank Chillin' Coffee third baseman for this game not being a probably six to nothing right now because with uh, Barr making that diving catch, with how far that was hit down the line, that probably makes this thing six to nothing. And then, like you said, well on our way to a potential run rule. Uh, next pitch to Ott's going to be down in the dirt, so we'll leave in the count at one ball, one strike. And that sun made it very brutally hot, but it's kind of just peeking down below the tree line, so cooling it off just a little bit. It's noticeable cool off. As Quinn will peek over that shoulder, now 1-1 offering, swing and a miss there by Ott, so we'll go one ball, two strike count. Much different with the sun here at Vivian Field compared to Lions Stadium last night where there it's pointing at our, it's from our backs out into the field and actually looked like it kind of had an impact on the outfielders in the seventh inning of the first game. One ball, two strike count. Quint looks in, next pitch, swung on and missed as that ball was high but got Ott to chase after it for out number one. Imgarn is faked like he's going to go a couple times, maybe just trying to get in the head of the pitcher, but also would not be shocked if they do put him in motion at least once during the next couple of pitches. So Gorling, the first baseman, will step in here as he uh, popped out to right field in his only at bat so far here tonight. He'll get set, first pitch downstairs in the dirt. Ball one. Yeah, it seems like Gorling was one of the only guys who didn't get to benefit from uh, the errors that happened in the uh, second inning that benefited the Renegades, but could uh, start another rally or at least keep it going if he can get his first hit of the night with a runner on base. Gorling rocks back and forth, throw back over to first as Imgarten back safely. Pickoff move looks to be pretty decent for a righty. We saw him pick off Wagner earlier, and although Imgarten pretty easily back in there, did have to go head first into the bag. It wasn't a, uh, most of the time against a righty pitcher at first base, they're going back in standing. Imgarten's going to go to second. Pitch was up. Throw is offline. He'll be in there safe, so a stolen base for Imgarten. Not a, a terrible throw. Like you said, a little bit offline to the left side of the second base bag, and it was still a pretty close play, so credit to Imgarten for swiping the bag, but if that throw is on the money, we may be looking at a caught stealing right there. So two balls, no strike count. Again, Quint will look, check the runner at second. 2-0 offering. That one's going to be a bouncing ball. It'll be gloved by the short stomp. He'll throw to first in time for out number two. However, Imgarten does get over to third base. Sure felt good for him to make the perfect play there out at shortstop based on how the way the second inning went. Uh, like you said, pretty much made that uh, on a field and throw over the bag perfectly. 
So now this will be the catcher and Joe Herschler. He walked his only at bat so far tonight. He steps in here on the right-hand side of the plate, has a runner in scoring position. First pitch, ball one. I like to see the Renegades continue to tack on here. Obviously scoring the three in the second innings, but the more pressure you continue to put on Chillicothe forces them to get the bullpen up earlier, puts the Renegades really in control. That pitch, that one in there for called strike one, was able to drop it into the strike zone, so Herscher will be even at one ball, one strike count. Good contingent of fans have made their way out to the ballpark here tonight. One ball, one strike count. That pitch, that one upstairs. That'll make it two balls and one strike. Herscher seems content to take that pitch upstairs. Pretty much all three seen in this at-bat have been in that upper part of the zone. And I think he's going to wait till he sees a pitch a little bit more in his wheelhouse. And Garten on third base. He'll take a lead there, that one down central. So that'll make it two balls and two strikes. And two outs here as we play in the bottom of the third inning. It is three to nothing in favor of the Renegades. And last pitch certainly much, low, much lower than the previous three, but a little too low for her sort of offer at it. 2-2 offering. There's going to be a ball hit on the money right at the second baseman. He did not move a muscle. Didn't even get out of his, uh, his little crouch there that he was in. Catches it on the money for out number three. So despite having a leadoff hit and a stolen base, Imgarten gets stranded at third base. So we'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. We are state tech. We are hands-on education. When you choose the number one two-year college in the country, you know you will be ready for your career. That's why at State Tech, we say, from the classroom to your career, we are the employer's choice. We are State Tech. Throughout the course of any game, different actions stand out to different people. But everyone remembers a walk-off, especially if it's a walk-off wood bat. Handcrafted right here in Missouri, walk-off wood bat company bats are made with premium-grade maple, ash, and birch, fully customizable to make it truly yours. From the length and weight to the barrel and handle color, you're able to customize every feature of your wood bat, including personalized engraving with a 45-day warranty. In addition to selling custom handcrafted bats, they also offer a selection of bat accessories, including lizard skin bat grips and batting gloves. To help find your confidence at the plate, give walk-off wood Bat Company a call at 816-261-1014 or visit wowbats.com. We go to the top of the fourth inning now. Maltaby again out on the mound as he's only surrendered one hit, no runs. Had three strikeouts, no walks, so a very good start for him here for the Renegades. Blake Gasway joined by Ben Schmidt from the Doc and Norm Direct Broadcast booth. Don't forget to go riding with Doc and Norm, Mid-Missouri's leader in Premier Group Travel. Group sizes of 1 to 100 and beyond, they do it all. Doc and Norm Direct, also the official transportation provider of the Renegades. They get us to a road game safely, efficiently, most importantly in style, most importantly even above in style, is they have a nice working air conditioner, which was great on the way back from Nevada last night as Braden Brewer, 
the center fielder. He had the only hit, that double, that then he reached third on. He's looking for hit number two, and it will get down as that drops in front of Forte in center field. So he will have a two-for-two day. This time he's held at first base. So he will have a leadoff single as Doc and Norm direct. Book your next adventure with them. Call them at 573-256-1991 or email them at reservations at moexpress.com. As we said, they had the air conditioner working just fine last night on the way back from Nevada, splitting the doubleheader action there in Nevada. Got to take the brand new, or new to us at least, brand new bus. So throw to first base back safely is Brewer. First time I'll be having to go back to the stretch since that the point in the, I believe, first inning when they did runner on third base. We'll see how he reacts this time. A little bit different circumstances. Also pitching with a lead at this point. So Spinal is at bat. Runner's going to go to second pitch low and cannot get in the glove and the transfer, so it'll be a stolen base for Brewer. Really don't think if, even if that is transferred cleanly, that he probably would have had his chance. Looks like Brewer had pretty good lead and speed there and missed low and inside, so it would have been a tough play. Yeah, I think you're right on that exactly, that just would have been tough all the way around, so good job of Herschler just to eat it back there behind home plate for the time being. So runner on second base now. One ball, no strike count. Again, nobody out. Three to nothing, Renegades lead. Altaby looks in. He'll check the runner at second. His next pitch on its way. That one just a bit upstairs and outside. That'll make it two balls and no strikes. And Maltaby on the mound. He's going to go work the rosin just a little bit. Herschler behind home plate. Gorling on first base. Ott at second. Lovich at third. Hopkins at short. And Wagner in left. Forte in center. Matashak in right. Maltaby will look back in. He'll check on the runner. Second look in at second. 2-0 offering. That one's a bit upstairs. This may sound weird, but I don't think a walk is the worst thing in the world here, especially in a 3-0 count. I don't think you come back and groove a one that sets up a double play and potentially gets you a shot at getting two outs in a play that would advance the runner to third rather than just one. It definitely gets you out of the inning potentially maybe a lot faster. Multiple will step off the rubber. So he will step on now again. Sun finally down, and it's going to be beautiful the rest of the night here at the ballpark at historic Ernie Vivian Field in Jefferson City. We're straight up 8 o'clock here. That one's going to bounce across home as that'll be a four-pitch walk issued there. Took the mask off of Herschel there. Took kind of a wicked hop just on or in front of home plate and then right up into the mask of Herschler. Probably a good idea after back-to-back baseners have reached to have a conversation now between Malpe and Herschler. Like Gazaway here with you, joined by Ben Schmidt in the Doc and Norm Direct broadcast booth here at Historic Ernie Vivian Field. We're glad you're tuned in, whether you're listening on our Show Me Sports Network app. It's on the Google Play Store or also on the Apple Store. Or if you're listening on our media center at showmesportsnetwork.com, I think they're going to have a quick meeting as getting another... Getting another bag of rosin there. I was going to say, I hope Malpe's all right, but it looks like it was just the rosin Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly what they were calling over, but I think they just wanted some more more of the good rosin, the good stuff out there. Well, when you saw him call head coach Mike D'Amelio out of the dugout for just a moment, it was kind of shades of Malpe made a start in Sedeli where his fingers started bleeding and had to be taken out of the game. I was hoping we weren't about to see a similar situation, but thankfully for the Renegades, just the thing with with the rosin bag. Yeah, that's the premium rosin out there now. 
So Bickers will be at bat. They're going to throw down to third. Lovich gets it, and they're going to say he's safe. So a stolen base there. But that was a close play right there. Burr gets credit for his second stolen base. It was a very weird play, and I don't know if Lovich did this because he saw the throw tailing that way, but he actually overran the third base bag. He caught that with two feet to his right of the third base bag to our left of it and then had to kind of come back over the bag to try and make the tag. So I don't know if he did that on purpose or it was just an accident, but kind of weird. So that did go down as strike one. Runner's going to steal second as Herschler will throw back to third base. Bluff to second, but through to third. So that'll be another stolen base. That one now puts the runners at second and third. So that makes it one ball and one strike. I said a walk a moment ago wasn't the worst thing in the world, but I didn't plan on both batters then stealing, or both runners then stealing second and third. It's obviously a much harder situation now for Malby. So Maltaby looks in, 1-1 offering. That one's going to be popped up in the air as Maltaby will go over. So does Gorling. He'll make the grab in foul territory for out number one. Yeah, that's a huge out number one for the Renegades, especially to a guy in Gorling who's got a fielding percentage just at about 96%. So that's about as sure-handed as they come. And on a ball hit really high into the air, that is so easy to overrun and kind of misread. And we've seen it happen plenty of times over on that visitor side dugout. But Gorling played it about as perfectly as he could. Didn't even have to bend back at the end. He was camped under it all the way. So now this will be left fielder and Justin Sanchez stepping in. And Sanchez goes through his pregame ritual, gives his bat a kiss. Now he's ready. Guess kiss for good luck. He's using a wow bat, so I think they're lucky enough, at least for the renegades they have been. And his first pitch inside, hopefully where that missed. but Hopefully a kiss for a ground ball right at someone, and then they can come home and get the out at home plate. Or even better, just no contact made in a strikeout. Sanchez calls for time. It's granted. So he will step back in again, a right-handed batter. Has a crimson, or looks like crimson barrel and black or dark handle. That pitch swung on and missed. He was a count of one ball, one strike. I can't tell if it's black or like dark, dark gray or dark blue. It looks like it might be a dark Eh. It might be the color of the team now that I think about it. That might make sense because they're gray and crimson. That one swung on and missed. Sanchez about lost the bat there on that swing as he gave it all he had. Huge pitch now coming up. Big difference here between potentially a base hit to make this very much a game again at 3-2 or you get the strikeout and give yourself a very real chance of getting out of this without a run allowed after second and third. Nobody out. Maltaby looks in. One, two pitch on its way. That one inside, they'll throw to third base. And runner back safely. His throw was just a little offline, but Lovich do a nice job keeping it in front of him. I like the idea there by Herschel, though. Yeah, trying to be aggressive, get the runners off the base path, but keep them honest, keep them straight up and as close to the bag as you can. So two ball, two strike count. Maltaby looks in, next pitch on its way. That one's going to be a ball fouled over the first base dugout. The Kittles run after that foul ball. And back to that pickoff attempt there by Herschel. We've seen him do that successfully in a game before. I don't remember who it was, but there was a ninth inning play a couple weeks ago here at home where he picked off a runner at third base and ended up being huge because it ended up where the tying run was originally at second, but then the tying run then moved to the batter's box once they picked off the runner. Sanchez will call time, be granted that as our count still sits, two balls, two strikes. Turn it off. 
And Maltaby looks in. One out, two runners on here. Renegades lead 3 nothing. There's a pitch in the dirt. As Herschler keeps it in front of him, does squirt out towards first base, but he keeps it in front of him. So now it'll be full, three balls and two strikes. Considering you had him in a 1-2 count, I mean, with first base open, walking out the worst thing in the world, but you'd really like just to be able to put him away, especially give yourselves a chance with second and third and two out rather than bases loaded. And if you, you walk him here, then you have to get to two strikes once again when you were already there in this at-bat. Maltaby looks in, gets the sign. I'm expecting a ball to hit here. I don't think Maltaby's going to try and get a chase. So payoff pitch on its way. That one down central called strike three. That's the second out, big out of the inning right there. Yep, exactly. Maltaby said, here it is, try and hit it, and froze the batter right there. I don't think he liked the call, but that one looked to be a pretty decent pitch. And now Maltby looking to pull the rabbit out of the hat after potentially stranding a runner at third base that was there with nobody else. He's got one more to get, though. So two runners on. That's at second and third. Two outs here. And stepping back in is Elian Guzman, the first baseman. Guzman will dig in. Maltby will tell Herschel to roll through the signs again. They're trying to get on the same page. Now he sees what he likes. He'll get set at the waist. First pitch, that one upstairs, ball one. Yeah, one more big out to get and a pretty good amount of room on the right side. I'm surprised with two outs that they have Ant as close to the second base bag as he is. I guess with a right-handed hitter makes more sense. You're playing a ball up the middle more than you're playing a ball away. 1-0 offering. That one's going to be just low and outside, so we'll go 2-0. Yeah, I take that back. I talked myself through that because I realized that Ott was not playing that close to the middle, not to cover the bag, just to play for a base hit up the middle. Makes sense, though, with the uh, right-handed hitter to vacate a little bit of that space on the right side of the infield. The Guzman will dig back in on the near side of the play. 2-0 offering, swing and a miss for strike one. That's a big swing and a miss because that was ball three. It was down and away. So to get Guzman to chase there and to completely changes this at bad, you're looking at 3-0 and potential bases loaded. So two balls and one strike. Again, two outs here. Maltaby gets the sign again. He'll look home. Next delivery. There's going to be a ball caught on third base by Lovich. Both teams exchanging diving plays by their third baseman. One to the right. Lovich dives to the left to end the inning, and the two runners stranded at third or at second and third so that will keep it a three to nothing ball game as the renegades lead we'll take a quick break and be back you're listening to exclusive coverage renegades baseball here on the show me sports network hello blake gasway here with the show me sports network i've had the opportunity to have some amazing calls including overtime touchdowns walk-off home runs and buzzer beating baskets but i've answered another call that's to serve my community as a volunteer firefighter stop and think what would happen if your home or property caught fire and no one was there to put it out every day volunteer firefighters not only save lives and property but also respond to other emergencies nearly two-thirds of our nation's fire departments are manned by volunteer firefighters and because of this we simply need more volunteers to step up and answer the call. Stop by or contact your local fire department and see how you can become a volunteer firefighter today. I answered the call to serve my community. Will you? We'll go to the bottom of the fourth inning here. Quint still on the mound for... The Mudcats, 
as the Renegades will send batters 9-1-2 and two will come to plate here as it'll be Hopkins, Forte, and Wagner. Already trying to work through the lineup two times, looking to start over on the third time through the lineup. Renegades lead by a score of three to nothing here. They have three runs on four hits, no errors. They've left five on the base path. For the Mudcats, they have no runs, two hits, two errors, and left three on the base path. So Taylor Hopkins, a shortstop, will be due up. He reached first on an E6 in the bottom of the second inning. So he will step in here. As he steps in here on the right-hand side of the plate, as he does, he's a right-handed batter, of course. First pitch to him, just misses, ball one. So Hopkins will be heading the count at one ball and no strikes. And Hopkins, Hopkins rather, playing quite a bit here in this latter half of the season. He deserves it too. Absolutely. 1-0 offering, that one's going to miss, so he was able to keep the swing in check. Said this a couple times. I think that walk-off hit, he had a pinch hit in extra innings. I think completely changed the season. To be called on off the bench in that spot, then to deliver, I think gave him a whole lot of confidence, and that's carried through the past couple weeks. That one's going to be a well-hit ball as going back on it is the right fielder. Still going back on it, and he will not make the grab as Hopkins will be at second base with a stand-up double as the right fielder ate the fence out there over by the battery. Plus bulb sign as he could not put a glove on it as Hopkins takes the third pitch he sees and sends it to the fence and leaves him on second base with a stand-up double. That's about as far of ball as I've seen Taylor Hopkins hit all season long. He doesn't seem like he's one of the biggest power hitters on this team, especially as a freshman, but he has driven that one to the opposite way. And I don't know for sure, but based on the way it was flying last night, that ball maybe leaves the yard if it's Alliance Stadium. You maybe know a little bit better than I am the dimensions of that field, but Forte will step in now. First pitch is outside. I, I think you're right on that. Is the uh, wind was just carrying out just enough that I think that would have been in that wind stream, and he only missed a home run by several feet there. So I think it probably would have went over. As that's about 345, 350 feet out there. So 1-0 offering to Forte. That one inside bounces across home plate. So that will make it a 2-0 count. And Forte flew out to left field in his first at bat, then reached safely on an E1. He'll shake the bat a couple times. Now he'll be set. Quint checks the runner at second. That pitch way outside. I can see this, this start to the inning at least. Get your bottom of the lineup on base. Now turn it over to the top, and you're potentially going to be looking at 2-3-4 in the order coming up with two runners on if Forte reaches here ahead in a 3-0 count. Forte, probably going to take here since he's ahead 3-0. Quint, third look in at Hopkins. That one is going to be called a strike on the outside part of the plate. So that'll make it three balls and one strike. And Wagner in the on-deck circle, then Matishak will be due up. Then Lovich, those two can reach. Three balls, one strike count. That one's going to be hit off the end of the bat. Left fielder going back on it, still going back. Now he'll come in and make the grab. For out number one. So Hopkins will stay on second base. Now Cole Wagner, the left fielder, he had an RBI single his last time up. 
He had a walk before that. Had two home runs last night and one in both games. Had an infield inside the park home run. Then came out and closed out the game with the last inning to work on the mound. Yeah, he had a good day at the yard last night. Certainly, uh, I was sure a happy bus ride back here to Jefferson City for him. Stepping off is Quint as that'll get Hopkins back to second base. Not really holding him on very closely there. Now the shortstop will step up, step into his hip pocket just a little bit. So Quint, long look at second, second look back in there. First pitch as Wagner lays down a bunch to third. Third will have to glove, and it will not be in time as it gets by the first baseman, and the run will score as Wagner legs out an infield bunt, and Hopkins comes around from third base. Yeah, that's heads-up baseball right there by Cole Wagner because he noticed how far back the third baseman was playing for Chillicothe, and that bunt was laid down to perfection, perfectly parallel going up the third baseline, never even close to going foul, but with how far back the third baseman is playing, Wagner was easily safe. The throw got away, but he was already past the bag, so an infield single, but then the throw getting away allows Hopkins to come in and score rather than being at third base. So now it's a 4 to nothing lead in favor of the Renegades. Now this is Jack Matishak, runner on first base, one out. First pitch to him as Wagner steals second base as catcher couldn't get a good exchange from his glove. Wagner slides in there, pops up, ready to take third if needed. Yeah, perfect pitch to run on. First of the at-bat and off-speed pitch there way up out of the zone. Even with a good throw down with not much velocity on it, how far to the zone it was, I don't know if they're even going to get the speedy Wagner. So one ball, no strike count. Matashak ahead, that one down in the dirt. That'll make it two balls and no strikes. Jackson Lovich, third baseman in the on-deck circle. He played so hard last night, uh, ripped his pants. So I said, I know one of the board members has a quilt shop, so I said, you need to take it to Erica, and I bet she could sew it up for the end of the game for you. So two, oh, offering that one outside. Ashley, you got to bring your listening ears to the ballpark. Jackson. Yeah, he ripped his pants and his like ripped the side of his knee. Not no his gray ones. So three balls and no strike count. Quint looks at second. Now that pitch down central called strike one. Was it on a defensive play? Was he running the bases? Do we know when it happened? I think you I think if I remember right, he was on third and, and he, he spiked himself basically. Was trying to field and just caught his caught his pant leg with his spike and ripped him so three one offering that one called strike two so we'll be full now at three balls and two strikes again one out here Renegades lead by a score uh four to nothing Matishek with a light shake of the head after that pitch he's got to think it be thinking what can I do rung up on a pitch outside last time then a pitch inside here payoff pitch on its way he's going to foul that one off so he'll get to do it again It'll still be three balls and two strikes. Wagner again on second base. He got that infield bunt single and stole second base. So three balls and two strikes. Again, one out here. It's a four to nothing lead in favor of the Renegades as they are leading the Chillicothe Mudcats. Wagner takes the lead at second. Quit third look in. Now he'll look home. Payoff pitch. That one's going to be hit off the end of the bat into left field. It's going to go foul, and it'll get out of play. So we'll do it again. Good little battle here working after Matishek thought he may have had ball four on a pitch that just caught the inside corner. And now a couple pitches on the outer part of the plate. He's just been enough to fight him off to the left side. And eventually 
going to have to catch more of the strike zone with one of these pitches, and hopefully Matashek can turn on it and maybe we send it down the right field line. Clint's payoff pitch. That one caught the outside part of the plate again, and Matashek is rung up for the second time with a backwards K. He is not happy about that, but he goes back, just keeps his words to himself. Yeah, he's a lot calmer than I think I would have been in that situation because he's now, I think that one was farther outside than the first one, and I thought the first one was outside. I mean, the catcher, his glove turned over because of it was not even an attempt to frame it. That pitch, that's got to be ball four to put Matashek on first base. So two outs now as Lovich steps in here as a runner on second. First pitch to him. It's going to catch the catcher. He can't find it, so Wagner will scamper on to third base. Heads up base in there by Wagner now, a... Uh, Wild pitch we've already seen a couple of so far in the first four innings would would score and make this one 5-0. I thought maybe it caught the catcher maybe in the groin. He was just trying to locate the ball. Still might have hit him, but 1-0 offering. That one way upstairs. Lovich says, nope, that's not the pitch for me. Well, we know how aggressive Lovich is. Now you put him in a 2-0 count, and with the the bat speed that he has, he's most likely going to get a pitch to hit. I expect big things here in the next pitch or two of this at bat. Two balls and no strikes. Again, two out runner on third. Quint's next pitch. That one's going to be ripped to the third baseman. He'll glove. He'll throw to first. A low roller, but got it to the first baseman. And I think he just hung his first baseman out to dry. As I think Lovich might have stepped on him on the way by. It was not intentional, but that's what you do when you throw a ball and it trickles over to your first baseman. He's got to go down and dig it out of the dirt. So that goes as a 5-3 put out for out number three. But the Renegades were able to put one run up on the board, so they lead by a score of 4 to nothing. We'll take a quick break and be back here as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Serving the capital city and the surrounding area for 70 years, Animal Medical Center strives to provide the best possible medical service for your pet in a caring atmosphere. To promote quality healing and preventative care in a fear-free environment, Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is a full-service veterinary hospital. Whether your pet has fur, feathers, or scales, Dr. Greg Boyer and Dr. Kayla Terry have the experience and expertise to treat complex medical conditions as well as providing annual well checks and vaccinations. Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is the only veterinary hospital in the capital city accredited by the American Animal Hospital Association. To schedule an appointment, call the team at Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City at 573-636-4626. Running out of some of your favorite Avon products and haven't seen an Avon brochure in quite some time? No need to worry. Avon Independent Sales Representative Michelle Carty can help with your skin so soft, makeup, jewelry, fragrance, and skin care needs. Avon now carries cleaning supplies, clothing, daily essentials, and several small LG electronic items. You now have the opportunity to shop online 24-7 and have your order shipped directly to your front door by shopping with Michelle at mcarty.avonrepresentative.com or find her on Facebook by searching Avon Carty. We go to the next inning of work here. Flip the page over. We're at top of the fifth inning. It's a four to nothing lead for the Renegades. As it'll be batters seven, eight, and nine do up. This will be Barr, then Cup, then Samford. First pitch for Maltby, swing and a miss. First strike one. Yeah, this has the makings of Maltby going pretty deep into the sounding. You know, runs allowed through four innings. 
Should have asked Tom in between how many pitches he's thrown so far. That one misses low. Is taking a look at the schedule. Two games last night, one tonight. Tomorrow we're at Sedalia, then at St. Joe, then at Joplin, then Monday we're hosting Nevada, then at Nevada on Tuesday, then at Sedalia next Wednesday. There's going to be a ball that's going to go foul down the first baseline, so that'll put Barr down in the count at one and two. And then a week from today we'll be hosting Joplin, then next Friday we'll host Joplin, then Saturday we'll be playing at Chillicothe, then Sunday a rain date. So that means over the next, how many days is that? Too many. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was too busy talking to Tom to hear how many you rattled off. I think in total after the off day, 12 games in 11 days. Yep, you're right about that. So 12 games in 11 days. That one swung on. It was in the dirt. As they'll throw down to first base to get the out. As Barr flips his bat. Just did he make it in the dugout? If not, he came pretty, pretty close to it. After that strikeout, Malpe, I, I said a moment ago, this has the makings of him pitching deep into this ball game, And out into the fifth, he's only throwing 65 pitches now after that strikeout. So you have to, I don't know exactly what the number is, but more often than not, it's right around triple digits. Yeah, so you have to think if he continues like this, we could see him push uh, seven or eight innings. That one's going to be uh, fouled out of place, so that'll put Cup down in the count at 0-1. That was an interesting start to that at bat for Cup. You see, he kind of held the bat out pointing towards the pitcher. I mean, he then straightened up afterwards, but it was shades of Kevin Euclid to start that uh, batting stance. That one will be downstairs, even the count at one and one. And when we look at the innings, had an eight-pitch at bat, then had a four-pitch at bat, a three-pitch at bat, a three-pitch at bat. Then in the second inning, it was two-pitch, four-pitch, five-pitch. To kind of get the trend there, that one swung on and missed. That'll make it one ball, two strikes. Then four-pitch at bat for an out. Four-pitch at bat for an out. Three-pitch at bat for an out. And a two-pitch bat for a hit. Four-pitch for a walk. That one upstairs. Evens at two and two. Three-pitch for an out. Seven-pitch for a strikeout. Four for an out. Previous one was five pitches for that out. That one's going to be fouled off. So really most of those have been four and under pitches in those at-bats is really coming in as average right now. And sorry to make you do math. How many strikeouts he's got so far? He's got one, two, four, five. He's got five on the day. That one misses outside, so we go full. Three balls, two strikes. He's got five strikeouts. He's issued one walk. There's been, looks like, three stolen bases. He's only given up a couple hits. That one swung on in the inside part of the plate, and they'll throw down to get him. A little bit of... Runaway there for the catcher. Yeah. I guess almost the game of tag between him and Hersler. But now a strikeout number six. Considering Malpe came into the start with in 24 innings, just 10 strikeouts, this has the makings of would be at best outing in terms of strikeout stuff. I mean, at the rate that he's currently going, he could push that number in one start, and it would match what he had in 24 innings in four starts prior to this. All right. So he's got six strikeouts on the day so far. So just giving up two hits, no runs on the board. As that pitch in the dirt, this is Samford. And the two hits he allowed to the same batter as well. So, I mean, he's had pretty much control over every part of the lineup outside of, I can't remember who exactly it is, but, I mean, he, he's been out in front pretty much to every at-bat. Our uh, PA announcer and DJ extraordinaire, DJ Joe, playing a little Samford and Son theme music. That pitch missed low, just barely. That makes it 2-0. God, you pointed that out because I would not have gotten that reference. I still <laughs> don't get the reference, but. 
Well, there was sense. a TV show called Sanford and Sons a long time ago, and his last name is Sanford. So just a little play on some humor. Did you get that reference, Ashley? Did you get that reference on his walk-up music? You're right. You're right. That one misses, so that'll make it three and one. Ben's not quite old enough to know that. Well, it's before our time, too, but. We're close. That one's going to be fouled off, so we'll go full. I'm just looking to see as the 50-50 about to get going on here at the ballpark. Will Tanner Schmitz be out for what feels like? I feel like he's out for pretty much every game. And I well, saw Tanner in gym shorts before the game, so he might not even be in uniform. So maybe they'll turn to that well again. He's a good one to come out because he does have a pretty pretty lengthy arm span. So get your money's worth when you buy an arm span there. Maltaby has two outs. Payoff pitch. That one's going to be a bouncing ball as it'll be gloved. Throw to first in time. That gloved by Lovich for out number three. As one, two, three retired in order. That goes as a five, three put out. So we'll go to the bottom half of the frame. If you're listening to exclusive coverage, Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. At the Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. We know that you're more than just a subscriber. You're an employer. You're a parent. You're a neighbor. Most importantly, you're a community member. It's our goal to provide you with the latest news, sports, opinions, obituaries, classifieds, and more to keep you informed about your community. To find out more about the Boone County Journal or to subscribe, call 573-657-2334 or visit bocojo.com. The Boone County Journal, we're with you all the way. At Centurion Cares, for more than three decades, their focus has been on exceeding customer expectations for contact center software solutions. Their innovative communication solutions include utility interactive voice response software that allows for smart communication features that let your utility deliver superior customer service 24-7. They also provide other streamlined services like automatic call distribution, automated customer callback, reporting, and quality assurance. To find out more about how Centurion Cares can help your business, call them at 727-421. 5300 or look them up online at centurioncares.com centurion cares innovative communication solutions so we go here to the uh, bottom of the fifth inning now Uh, let me get readjusted here after the break Bottom of the fifth inning we go. It is batters five, six, and seven. That'll be due up here in the frame. As still on the mound, the starting pitcher in Quint. He'll enter his fifth inning of work here. We set Renegades lead by a score of four to nothing. They have four runs. They put up six hits, no errors, and they've left a total of six runners on the base path for the Mudcats. They have no runs. They've only had two hits. They've committed two errors and left three on the base path throughout their innings of work so far. As the Renegades will send batters 5, 6, and 7 due up. This will be Imgarten, Ott, and Gorling. But now, Imgarten jogging up to home plate here. He was, I think, working a little pine tar there. I was thinking about what we were talking about just before break with the 50-50 and the wingspan for Tanner. He plays almost every night, so we'd have to catch him on one of the off days. I feel like Jackson would have a pretty long one, too. 
Yeah, you know, with him, we, we maybe, you know, we switch it up and do, like, from his waist to his ankle or something, you know. Yeah. Give give something, give the uh, give the fans here maybe a few more tickets for their money. As we said, this will be Andrew M. Garten, the designated hitter, stepping in here to lead off the bottom of the fifth. First pitch from Quint, outside, ball one. So that'll be one ball and no strike. Count here is Quint. Still on the mound for the Mudcats. They're wearing those crimson uniform tops with the pinstripes on them and the gray pants. Pretty sharp-looking uniform, that I'm one a, in the dirt as I'm well. I'm a fan. I was a fan when we were there in Chillicothe. I can't remember. I think they wore the same jersey with white pants, maybe. I think so. But regardless, I, I'm a fan. They've got the uh, Mudcats name across the chest in black, outlined in white. Same with the numeral on the back. 2-0 offering. That one's going to be a slow chopper. It'll be gloved by Quint at the mound. He'll throw to first for out number one. Well, talking about the Mudcats, they call their home fan section. I heard a couple times while we were there, the Mudcat Nation. And Renegades having to go to Mudcat Nation last, last, or last game of the regular season next week. But hopefully, for all intents and purposes, um, that's a meaningless game because the Renegades have already clinched a playoff spot. That's, I think, the goal. Even better, they already clinched the division, but that would take a pretty strong week upcoming. Yeah, not just that, but they'd have to have a pretty epic uh, meltdown of some of the other teams in the South yeah. Division. So now this will be Colby Ott stepping in as first delivery he'll see from Quint is low at the ankles, ball one. So he'll be heading the count at 1-0. For the Renegades, they're wearing their white jerseys with the Renegades and the Texas Tingo font across the chest and the Navy lettering and the yellow or gold trim. That one misses as well. They also have the panels on the collarbone area going underneath the armpits and on the back too for the trim on it with white pants. Quince 2-0 offering on its way. That one's going to be a bouncing ball foul. That goes down the third baseline. So we'll go two balls, one strike. Talking about the current outlook of the Renegades and the standings, I mean, realistically, uh, with about a, a little less than, or a little over a week to play, we could be looking at this thing being wrapped up by the middle of next week, even though it goes to next Saturday, because, and I'll finish after this next pitch. 2-1 offering on its way. That one inside and a bit high, so we'll go three balls, one strike. Because of the way the standings currently are, the Renegades are about three or so games behind both Joplin and Sedalia, but four games are in front of Nevada, and with games against Nevada on Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe the two days, I mean, there's a chance if the other two teams are hot, it's wrapped up by Wednesday. That one called strike two, so we'll go full three balls, two strikes. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, at this point, it's basically, it's just a numbers game, and uh, as long as we can match whatever Nevada does, Veda wins, we got to win. If Veda loses, then if we lose, it's not a problem. Or best yet is that one's going to be a, a walk issued. Why not walk to Ott? But best case scenario is Nevada loses, we win. And then we beat them a couple times. That would help out our case as this will be Carter Gorling stepping in now. Absolutely. And already up four games with, what, uh, ten games to play? I mean, that's a lot to make up in a short period of time. And if a couple games, maybe Renegades make up one game this weekend. If you go in, and it's not the easiest task in the world, it's easier said than done. If they sweep the two games next week, they could very easily clinch that playoff spot against Nevada. How would that be? Yeah, clinch it right in front of them. Yeah, and that's why those games last night were so important with the doubleheader action. Just one, obviously, to stay in winning ways and, and keep, uh, keep the win column alive. But that's what it's really going to come down to is is uh, in the South Division is just being just a little bit better than Nevada. That's what they've got to do, and so far they're on track yeah. to do that. I mean, 
after the first game when they had lost and fallen to just a three-game lead over to Veda, to come back and win that second is so huge just because there's a giant difference, even though it doesn't sound like it, between leading a team by four games and two games. You can have two bad games in a row, and you have lost your lead in 48 hours. But you can have a bad week, go 2-4 and four in a week, and the other team would have to go a perfect, I believe, 6-0 to make up those four games. That math may be a little bit off. Regardless, it's tough to, to drop four games in a week. But yet two games, is it, there's a giant difference there, even though it doesn't seem like it. Right. The big thing there, as you said, is is you obviously hold your own cards and you have your destiny, but, but you put that ball in play and you make the other team have to be perfect, and that's really hard to do. Pitching change here. This will be Caleb Bergman will be on the mound now for the uh, Mudcats. He's a right-handed pitcher here, so he'll come in as the night is over as we're playing in the bottom of the fifth inning here. Renegades lead by a score uh, four to nothing, but yeah, you win those. You uh, you win those games, push that forward, and it just makes it rather difficult because the uh, Griffins then would have to have a perfect stretch there, and to say the least, I mean that that's hard for anybody right now to have that perfect stretch. Yeah, and I said I hope that last game in Chillicothe is meaningless. I take that back. I hope it's meaningless in the terms that we have already knocked Vade out and he's clinched a playoff spot. But I hope. We are still fighting for the division at that time or fighting for number two speed. Then you get to host the wild card round here at Vivian Field. And you look at the schedule, 10 games or so to play, and you're only about four-ish games back of both Joplin and Sedalia. You're going to play Sedalia once next week, and you're going to play Joplin three times next week. So there is this, the door is certainly open. It would take a lot. It's it's not an easy task to make up three games. Like I said, I just talked about how to be for Nevada to make up four. It wouldn't be easy for the Renegades to jump to first, but door would be open just a little bit if the Renegades can stay hot. So runner's going to go to second. That's odd. He will be in there safely as pitch is called a strike to Gorling. Gigantic jump. That wasn't yeah. even close. Not even a bad throw, and it just wasn't even close. I, was, I don't think that that ball had crossed the pitcher's mound and um, when Ott had, had first dove into second base. So Ott gets credit for a stolen base. Now Bergman will look back. That second check on Ott, his 0-1 delivery. That one's going to be a ball hit into the air. Center fielder coming in on it as he will make the grab for out number two as Ott had to stay at second base because that's pretty much he's ran into the buzzsaw there if he tries to go to third base. Can also be catcher and Joe Herschler. So Joe steps in, a runner on second with two out here in the on-deck circle, Taylor Hopkins. A lot of room to work with on the right side for her start. Have to go opposite way, but, I mean, there's a big gap in between first and second. There's going to be a ball sliced foul, so that will put him down to the count at 0-1. Almost a uh, down-under delivery here from Bergman. As the way he pitches, it's it's different than the typical motion we've seen from most of the right-handers. Yeah, and I'd expect him to, in a righty-righty matchup, to try and pitch Herschler inside, get him to roll one over to the left side. That one in there for called strike two. Although that pitch looked to be more on the outer part of the plate, so yeah, that what one do I know? Broke out there, put the left-hand turn signal on before it broke. So there'll be no balls and two strikes here as Bergman looks back in. I would He'll guess get the sign. I would guess his off-speed pitch has pretty good lateral movement. Oh, two pitch took a little off that. That one's going to be fouled out of play as well. So it'll still be an 0-2 count here for Herschler. Interested to see what Herster does now in a no-ball, two-strike count. Took a couple of pitches, has now dug himself a hole. 
not a whole lot of pressure in this situation. Obviously, you want to drive in the run, but you're up four to nothing. Your starting pitcher's in control. I don't think he's feeling a whole lot right now. 0-2 offering. That one's going to be foul straight back to us, so we'll do it again. Still at 0-2. Yeah, if he's able to get on underneath that pitch, that ball is headed to left field, but just gets on top of it and fouls it straight back. So no balls, two strikes, two outs. Ott at second base. He'll take a lead there. Digging back in is Hersler. Next pitch, that one way outside, so that'll make it one ball and two strikes. A little bit surprised. It feels like they've pitched Hersler more away than inside, and with kind of the underhand submarine-style delivery of the right-hander and in a righty-righty matchup, it just feels like he'd have a better shot at jamming Hersler. 1-2 offering as Ott's going to go to third. Hit and run is on, and it's going to be caught, though, by the second baseman for out number three. He almost looked like he knew where that was going as he was working to his right, makes the grab. So despite having a one-out walk, there were no runs, no hits, no errors, one left on the base. So we'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. When things come out of left field, having a game plan matters. Farmers Insurance has over 90 years of experience helping people play through every stage of the game. We've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything. Talk to Farmers Agent Christopher Scott at 573-896-0131 to see how I can help you stay in the game. That's Christopher Scott at 573-896-0131. We are farmers. Bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Moex, Doc and Norm Direct is back better than ever. Much more than your number one ground shuttle transportation service to St. Louis Airport. Yes! Moex, Doc and Norm Direct is mid-Missouri's leader in premier group travel. Sporting events, concerts, wedding receptions, the lake, winery trips, Branson, plaza shopping, reunions, pub crawls, group sizes from 1 to 100 or beyond. We do it all. Remember, we want you to write Moex Stock and Norm Direct. We go here to the uh, sixth inning of work. Malta B still out on the mound. As he'll be facing batters one, two, and three. So top the lineup, we will go. That'll be Maris, Brewer, and Spiral. And just had our salute to our veterans and our military personnel. Yeah, that's always something to look forward to in the uh, start of the sixth inning. And Absolutely. Even better when there's a good crowd on hand because it really is a, a really cool moment. Both teams, the, the Mudcats and the Renegades, coming out of the dugout. Uh, and we're going to yeah. try to get that going in conversations with the league in the uh, off season. We're going to try to get that started across the league, make it a league standard. First pitch swung on and missed. Maris. Brought his dancing shoes there as he swung at that, then took a couple of cha-chas across home plate. Yeah, there's been a couple of variations of the salute, like you said, across the league, but not something that everyone does. That one's going to be fouled out of place. That'll be 0-2. I don't want to take – we obviously borrowed the idea from, from another team, but you know what? I think we do it the best. I think that should be where we set the bar for the Mink League. 
And so far, I think we are a perfect. I don't even know how many home games we played. Now that one inside called strike three. As backwards, K is recorded as Joe knew it behind home plate. He throws down to third base while the home plate umpire is still trying to get his arm out of his out of his pocket to throw up the strike three sign. Herschler has not been afraid to do that all season long. We've seen some of the other catchers really frame that pitch for a while, but Herschler, uh, we've seen over and over again. He's When he knows it, he knows it, he will not be afraid to throw it around. Now what, seven strikeouts from Opie? This is Brewer, the center fielder, first pitch, bouncing ball. Lovich dives just over his glove, and it's a fair ball, as that'll get to the corner, as Wagner just launches a ball, though, way off line, as that's going to go into right field, so now it'll be a runner on third base again. Yeah, I mean, in that situation, I get you want to try and make the perfect throw and throw him out at second base, but with where that ball was hit, it just would have been too tough to get the runner at second base. You've got to fire that into the cutout. Um, I guess plus their Wagner showing that he has an absolute cannon because from where he threw that ball, uh, airmailed the second baseman, but it, not a smart throw in that situation. Just throw it into the cutoff, man, and you're looking at second, runner on second, one out rather than runner on third. This will be Jonah's Espinal stepping in the right fielder. He is 0 for 1 with a strikeout. Did have a walk as well. So first offering to him, he's going to hit that one off the handle of the bat. It's going to get out of play foul. Well, Malpe has gotten out of a runner on third situation with less than two outs twice already through the first five innings. Now he's going to have to try for three times in the first six. Like we said, though, a military salute, best in the Mink League, and we're going to try to make it a standard that the Mink League does across the way. How many home games have we had now? 16, 14, 12? That sounds about right. Somewhere in there. We are perfect 100% of getting the visiting team to participate with us. There's going to be a throw down at third base. They might have him. They say runner is back safely. Lovich put the tag down, but back safely is Brewer. Once again, good idea by Herschler being aggressive, but just a little too late. One ball, one strike count. As Maltaby looks back in, he gets the sign with the head nod that he's looking for. 1-1 offering on its way. There's going to be a ball. It's off his glove as Ott will have to stop. He'll glove throw to first, get the out there. Nice job of Ott to recover. The run does score, but that's out number two. Yeah, great backup defense there by Ott. I mean, first of all, you're oh so close to having Malpe catch out on the fly, and then the runner stays at third base. But when it did get it off his glove, cool, calm, and collected was Colby Ott coming in to make the play. And although now you get a run on the board, there's two outs and nobody on, and still a three-run lead for the Renegades. Now it's shortstop in Tyler Bickers as he steps in. How many home games did you guess that we had played? Between 12 and 15. This is home game number 20. Really? Yep. <laughs> well, I feel that I, this is not the 20th day, but the doubleheaders I counted as two. Boy, so this, was, is, this is the 20th home my game. My math was slightly wrong there. That one swung on and missed. So that'll even the count at two hit, one ball and one strike. Yeah, we've played. I believe it. Tw- and then the record at 14 and 17, so. That does make sense. We played a lot of home games in June, have a lot of road games in July here. That one bounces across home plate, so that'll make it two balls, one strike as Bickers. He's ahead in the count. Yeah, and we've played 13 away games. So that does check out because 33 total, two of them not counting to the record, and that's how we're at 14 and 17. Well, so we, so what you're telling me is we're a perfect 20 of 20. Correct. On our military salute. 2-1 offering. There's going to be a ball that's ripped and goes foul. Good Just call. barely fouled down the third base line. That's a good call. 
That's that's a that's a tough call to make from the home plate umpire. It's a uh, bang bang play, but uh, that ball starting to be looking like it was on the foul side of the third baseline, and I think they came up with the correct call in that situation. He's got a lot of people standing in his way over there. Yeah. So that'll make it twos across the board as Deuce is wild. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. 4-1 lead for the Renegades here in the top of the sixth inning. 2-2 offering on its way. That one's going to be hit the other way, and that'll get out of place. So we'll still stay at two balls, two strikes. Yeah, and I'd like to think that over the course of the season, I've not been shy to say when the Renegades got a break on a call, stuff like that. Uh, but in that situation, the I think the uh, right call was made on the fair foul. So still deuces wild here. 2-2 pitch on its way. Two outs. That one's going to be lifted into left field. That's going to bounce in front of Wagner. Take one bounce, and he'll throw that to his cutoff man at Hopkins. He's playing just at shallow in the grass. So that will be a one-out single issued. But now there's been a couple of hits here in the inning. Now this will be Justin Sanchez. He's 0 for 2. Popped out to second baseman, struck out with the backwards K's last at bat. Well, good thing from Alpe, although he has given up the couple hits this inning and the one run, still up 4-1, to one, and you need just one more out here. Two outs runner on first base. You just got to make one pitch, and this inning's over. That pitch outside and low ball one. Got to think, though, at some point, probably, maybe, getting to the end of his line. I think if you retire this next batter relatively quickly, maybe we see him for the seventh. There's going to be a ball that's lifted into center field. Forte going down as he falls. And that one hits as they will throw home as Adonis just fell down out there in center field. I don't know if he slipped in a hole or his leg gave out or what. Thankfully, he's all right. Looks to be completely fine. But where that ball was hit off the bat, I mean, if he doesn't slip and fall, that should be out number three. And instead, bad luck for the Renegades. And... That goes down as a hit because no outfielder made contact with the ball. But, I mean, that should have been out number three. But, like you said, Adonis, before that ball even came close to coming down, was already face first on the ground and no time for Matiszczuk to come all the way over from right and make the catch. Yeah, it looked like he initially went back on it and then tried to come forward on it. And just in that transition, just looked like the, the grass must have gave way and his foot just slipped out from under him and he just belly flopped there in center field. Nothing really he could do except watch that ball hit Matishak. You know, coming over to uh, help him out, did get there, prevent the run from scoring, but now it's runners on the corners with two outs here. Thankfully, the Renegades do lead by a score of 4-1, to one, but that three-run lead being put in jeopardy here. Yeah, that, that could come back looming large for the Renegades because now you have runners on first and third. Otherwise, inning would have been over. Uh, now a base hit makes this a two-run ball game. An extra base hit potentially makes it just a one-score game. And worst of all, for, for Malpe, his line, if he scored, it would all be earned because you don't rule that an error since no one touched it. Well, that first pitch way upstairs. This is Guzman, ball one. And obviously Malpe cares much more about winning the game than his pitching line, but I just Yeah, just it's just to a say, tough break. Yeah. So one ball, no strike count again. Two outs, two runners on the corners on first and third. 1-0 offering. That one's going to be hit off the end of the bat. As coming in is Gorling. He'll make the grab for out number three. Great so back. no damage done with that series of plays with Adonis slipping in center field. But one run was plated. They did have three hits in the inning. 
No errors and two left on base. We will go to the bottom half of the sixth inning as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. The following public service announcement is brought to you by the Eddie Goodell Society, Jefferson City Chapter 10, doing little things to make a big difference. Want to make a big difference in your community? Be kind to others, drive safely, and put litter in its proper place. Join us in celebrating Eddie Goodell's historic Major League appearance as a member of the St. Louis Browns by doing something nice for someone today. Take a walk, Eddie! Since 2018, Han Custom Laser Engraving LLC has been specializing in all things custom, using large format, high-powered lasers with some of the most advanced technologies on the market. Anything can become a canvas. The state-of-the-art system makes quick work of custom engraving on cups, glass, tile, wood, acrylic, metal, headstones with endless possibilities. They also offer custom one-of-a-kind signs that are sure to make your design stand out. Find them on Facebook at Han Custom Laser Engraving or call 573-489-8732 to find out more on custom laser engraving llc a veteran owned business we go to the bottom of the sixth inning now as the renegades work around multiple works around having a couple of base runners there As this will be batters 9, 1, and 2 will be due up. This will be Hopkins, then Forte, and Wagner will be the three due up. So Hopkins stepping in. Bergman looks in, gets the sign. First offering. There's a big swing and a miss for strike one by Hopkins. By the way, what was the prize for that in-between inning game? What I have won? That was the easiest, easiest game I've ever played. <laughs> Probably a spin at the uh, prize wheel, maybe? I don't know. I, sh- I should have sprinted over the tent. I guess the walk-up song in .5 seconds. Oh, an offering on its way. That one's going to get by everybody, so I'll leave the count at one one See, I think Joe should have played a little trick, and he should have played walk-up music from somebody from last season. Yeah, well, then I wouldn't have known, yeah. <laughs> no, the, the Renegades regulars at this point, I, pretty have, I have a pretty good idea, especially... Uh, one one offering that one's going to be fouled out so we'll go one and two especially with uh, Luke Fuller the correct answer I mean that's a rapper that's pretty popular amongst the teenage generation <laughs> so I mean there's somewhere I, I know that I know the music but I could not tell you who is the artist behind it that one with uh, Trippy Red was about as easy as they come you're, you're up on your, your hipster music there yeah. one ball two strike count Hopkins digs in on the right hand side of the plate Bergman's next offering that one's going to be Fouled off again of just about the same place. You know, I will say one thing that obviously a lot of a lot of people don't get privy to because we're here pretty early getting things set up. But, uh, you know, the players have quite a wide variety of music selection. They play during batting practice and before the game getting warmed up for stuff. It ranges a lot of different genres. One-two offering. Hopkins is going to hit that one on the button to left field, and that is going to be foul. Yeah, that ball just had too much hook to it, and although he hit it pretty well and that was extra bases, I uh, think that ball, I don't think it got all the way to the dirt in foul territory, but I definitely think it crossed over the line. It was not fouled by that much, but it was fouled nonetheless. Well, best way to do that is come back and straighten it out. Maybe this time put it over the fence, and especially after just giving up the one run. 
put the pressure back on Chillicothe and take it right back. So one ball, two strike count. That one misses low. So we'll go even at two and two. Yeah, I wouldn't probably take that pitch again. I'm surprised, too. I mean, Jack Matishek, I think, would like a word based on uh, that, that call not going <laughs> for strike three. Thank you. Right about that. So two balls, two strike. Bergman looks back in. He gets the sign from Cup behind home plate. Hopkins asks for time. It's granted. He said the pitcher took too long. He wanted to step out and work a little pine tar on those red batting gloves. Now he steps back in. Bergman again, same sign, 2-2 offering on its way. That one's fouled off. We'll do it again. This upcoming pitch, this is the eighth pitch of the at-bat. The very least for Hopkins, even if he does not get on to work a, a, a pit, an at-bat that's closing on double digits to lead off an inning, I'm sure has, has got to be a good sign for the Renegades in terms of their chance to scoring a run. There's some innings where relievers go only throwing eight or nine pitches. So 2-2 pitch again on its way. That one's going to be hit off the end of the bat. Second baseman will go back. He'll make the grab for out number one as that will retire Hopkins for out. Thought off the bat we may have had a broken one, but it looks like that bat is all right. Wagner's checking it out. Looks to be all right. Yeah, I thought he was going to have to give our friends a call at Walkoff Wood Bat Company and craft it right here to Missouri. Walkoff Wood Bat Company bats are made with premium grade maple, ash, and birch, fully customizable to make yours truly. This will be Adonis Forte stepping in from the length and the weight to the barrel and the handle color. Customize it with every feature that you want in your wood bat, including personalized engraving. Has a 45 day warranty. In addition to selling Custom handcrafted bats. They also have a selection of bat accessories, including lizard skin bat grips and batting gloves. No offering. That one's going to be hit off the end of the bat. Center fielder going back on it, still going back, and he will make the grab at the warning track for out number two. Yeah, Forte not necessarily known for the power this season. That's about a well-hit ball as I think I've seen him hit, especially opposite way to send that to the warning track. Uh, he gave that ball a pretty good ride. And maybe on a night with a little more wind, that maybe has enough to get out of here. Now to find your confidence at the plate, give Wonkoff Woodback Company a call at 816-261-1014 or visit wowbats.com. So Wagner steps in now with two outs here in the bottom of the sixth inning. And he gives you two well-hit balls descending. Unfortunately, they have nothing to show for it because Hopkins went foul on and Forte just caught. First pitch called strike one on the inside part of the plate. So Wagner will be down in the count at 0-1. You sending Malpe back out for the seventh inning in a 4-1 game? That's why I'm not the coach, because I don't know. I don't know what the right decision is for what they should do. That one's going to be outside. Makes it one ball, one strike. You would think closer Tanner Schmitz would be available, especially after not pitching last night. He was in Jim Schwartz when the uh, National Anthem went on, but I would assume as a reliever, I mean, he doesn't have to be ready to go the whole game, especially when he knows he's not coming in unless it's late and close. 1-1 offering, that one's going to be fouled off. I think if you, can, if you go reliever or even stretch one more out of Malpe, then I think you turn to your best reliever and closer for the eighth and the ninth. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I'd send Maltby out, let him yeah. let him have another time. But if you sense him getting behind in counts or give up a couple back-to-back hits, I think you got to make the change and limit the damage there. One-two offering. That one's going to be fouled back, so we'll still stay at one and two as Wagner fouls that one straight back into the protective netting back here, so... Best case scenario is Renegades add on a couple runs, and you don't even have to worry about it like last night where they pushed across five in the last inning at the plate. But at least here in the bottom of the sixth inning, doesn't look like they've got much going. 
So 1-2 offering. That one's outside, so we'll even it at two balls, two strikes. Jack Matashak in the on-deck circle. He is one for three, has two strikeouts, has a double to his credit today. Both those strikeouts, though, were suspect at best. They were called looking on strike three. That one, same location, so Wagner gets rung up with the backwards K. Him and Matashak probably going to have a discussion about that location of those pitches. So we'll go to the next inning as we'll take a quick break. And Maltaby comes uh, trying to come out here, so we'll take a break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Hi, this is Nick Hoslog, owner of Hoslog Landscape and Design. Every day, my highly trained team of experts works hard to give you the outdoor living area you've been dreaming of. By focusing solely on landscaping and hardscape construction, this has made us the preferred landscape and design company serving Jefferson City and the Central Missouri area. Thank you for all your continued support in voting us as winners of the Reader's Choice Awards and Jefferson City's Best multiple years running. When you are ready to begin your dream outdoor project, call us at 573-301-9464 to schedule an estimate or visit hoslaglandscape.com. Last Sentinel Firearms is your federally licensed and registered Type 7 FFL manufacturer dealer in Missouri, providing quality products to all types of sports enthusiasts, law enforcement, and individuals across the nation. Orders are currently being fulfilled, offering custom-built pistols and rifles from the AR platform made right here in Missouri. Visit their website at lastsentinelfirearms.com or call them at 417-684-7202 to find out what they've got for you. Last Sentinel Firearms, you are your your last line of defense. Well, we go here to the seventh inning of play now as we do have a pitching change here. Get to that in just a second. Got to finish up my scorecard here. Was caught up doing the Hey Baby dance here that we do at the ballpark. So, as I said, Tanner Schmitz on the mound here. So, he's going to be called on to close out this game, work a couple innings here, close it out, get the win. Hey, we still got more baseball to play. Where are you guys going? Oh, it's summer. You don't have a bedtime. So on the mound here, as we said, Tanner Schmidt, six foot, hundred and fifty pound freshman. He is from here in Jefferson City. He plays at Mineral Area Community College. He is a right-handed pitcher. So he comes out here. As it'll be batters seven, eight, and nine that he will face here. Now we have a pinch hitter. All right, so I was gone during the half inning, but was Malpy just going out to get the rosin bag? Is that why? Yeah, I think he in? was getting the premium rosin off the mound. Okay, the good stuff. Well, it looks like we're going to go to Schmidt for a three inning save then. So next pitch, that one misses ball one. Oh, he played in that for last game between the Mudcats and the Renegades. Ramirez Luis, did. Marie, uh, I'll, I'll get Luis Ramirez about said Maurice Ramirez. So he steps in here. Let me see if I can work through these stats. And this has got to be Schmitz, at least his 20th appearance in a game. I think this may be 14th. 
believe he had 13 last time I saw. That pitch missed. Ball two. Premier is the last time these two teams faced. One for four with an RBI single. So, yeah, Schmidt's disappearance, number 14, at 24 innings pitched, and a rock star 1.13 ERA. Malta B and Damel each have 24-plus innings. It's pretty wild, though, that the Renegades have turned to Schmidt as often as they have and as many innings as they have, and I do know he has at least one three-inning save, and I would guess that's the plan right here unless the Renegades add on. Maybe the plan is to hope they add on and then they only use him for an inning or two. Well, I think we talked about I don't know if we talked about it on the air, but at least off air that there's a chance he might uh, he might have 20 appearances or thereabouts by the time our season is over, which he's he's on track to do that, and really he's done quite well in all these appearances. So two balls, one strike count. Next delivery on the way. There's going to be a ball lifted into left field. Wagner working to his right just a little bit. A few steps back, he'll make the grab for out number one. As four pitches, one out. Barely had to move. It was hit so high in the air. Wagner didn't even have to pick up the pace. Kind of just walked on over to his right and made an easy catch. So this will be Nathan Cup, the catcher, stepping in now. So he is 0 for 2, struck out, and flew out into center field. So first offering, that one outside. Ball one. So Schmitz in his 24 innings has 16 strikeouts. So a little less than a strikeout per inning. That pitch missed just inside, so makes the count two balls, no strikes. I'd say that in the first four batters Schmitz faces, he'll probably strike out one of them. That one upstairs, made cup, duck out of the way, so it makes it three balls and no strikes. Whoever decided to put whistles in the mystery prize pack obviously does not have kits. That one is going to be a four-pitch walk issue to cup. Well, it's actually, it's like a plastic little flute thing. It doesn't it really go work. in the trash. It doesn't work to its intended purpose. <laughs> It just needs to go in the trash. That's where it needs to go. So one out here as Cup issued a one-out walk. Now this will be second baseman Jonas Amford. So we are going to have. They're, they're stopping the whistling, yep. I don't know if it's the whistling. I think it's the uh, lights behind home plate here. Yep. So that's one bad thing about Historic Rudy Vivian Field is that parking lot the front row of cars point right at the field so when you unlock a car and the lights come on the headlights come on they're pointing right at the field so it means the players are all looking at the bright lights except the catcher and the batter i'm surprised i mean honestly considering how many games we've played through at home it feels like there's only the third or fourth time it's happened i'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened more well, I have the solution. If you back into your spot, the headlights don't point here. Or you park where I do so you don't get hit by foul balls and the headlights don't matter. Well, there's only about like five or six cars that that problem can happen to because there's not a whole lot of parking spaces facing the field. So first offering from Smith. There's a bouncing ball. It'll go to Lovich at third. He'll throw to second for one. Back to first. Double play. That's the way you draw that it up. gets out of the inning as it goes as a five. 4-3 double play to end the inning. That's exactly what you wanted to do to get out of the inning. 
So three up and three down. We'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Hi, I'm retired Army Sergeant Trent Dirks, and I want to tell you about an organization that saved and changed my life forever. Retrieving Freedom provides highly trained service dogs to veterans with disabilities and children with autism absolutely free of charge, thanks to the generous donations and support from people just like you. Experts from Retrieving Freedom help throughout the entire process from fostering programs through service dog placement. Retrieving Freedom gave me the skilled service dog, Tracer, who has been my best friend in my lifeline. To find out more about how you can get involved, volunteer, foster, or to donate, visit their website, RetrievingFreedom.org. Retrieving Freedom, changing lives through the training and placement of service dogs for veterans with disabilities and children with autism. Riverdale Christian Academy has been providing a strong biblical foundation and academic excellence within a Christian environment to students for more than 16 years. Located in the Jefferson City, Riverdale Christian Academy offers kinder prep through 7th grade with 8th grade to be added in the 2023-2024 school year. Riverdale Christian Academy's primary goal is the discipleship of the next generation to impact the world for Christ. Average class sizes are just 16 students with a student body composed of families from over 30 area churches. Kinder prep offerings include 3 and 5 full day sessions with kindergarten offering a half day and full day program. To find out more about Riverdale Christian Academy, Academy, calling at 573-634-3983. We go here to the bottom of the seventh inning. So it'll be batters three, four, and five. Matichak, Lovich, and Imgarden will be due up. Really, this is that point in the game where the Renegades need to find a few insurance runs to help out their cause. I want to make a comment about Schmitz after that double play to end the inning. He waited till every last member of the Renegades defense had came off the field and gave a fist bump to all of them too. Herschler, who was covering behind first base, had to jog all the way back, get his mask, and then Matischek coming all the way in from right field. Schmitz, the pitcher, kind of just giving props to his defense behind him. I just thought that was cool to see. It's not often. Usually the pitcher's the first one into the dugout, but in Schmitz's case, he was the last one, uh, making sure everyone out there knew that he had appreciated his their work behind him. As I said, Matishak, Lovich, and Imgarden. First pitch to Matishak is ball one. Only six more outs to get, but with just a three-run lead, you kind of mentioned this a second ago, I'd like to tack on some runs right here, especially with the middle of the order, three, four, five. Four-one lead for the Renegades. Next pitch, that one's going to be fouled back, so we'll go even a one-ball, one strike. Tell you what, Matishak fouled that back, but... If that bat is just in a slightly different spot, that ball is crushed down the right field line. Yeah, that was a very smooth, very, you know, just classic swing there, hitter swing. And you're right, if he just connects just a little bit different, that puppy's gone. That one, I thought, was straight down the central. <laughs> it looked like it was straight down central, but it hit the uh, home plate umpire. Hey, this is not uh, banana ball, so... Looks like we have a couple of the Little Leaguers who have decided to camp out now on the hill on right field. Wouldn't it be nice if Manischek gives them a little souvenir? Absolutely. I think he's due one anytime here. So two balls, one strike count. Next pitch, that one's going to be fouled the other way. So that's going to send some kids swimming in the creek. Yeah, that one either was right up against the picnic tables on the fence or got over the fence. It was close. But, yeah, there's a frenzy going after it. But where they're running, I think that one might have stayed inside the fence on this right. side. So two balls, two strikes. Again, first batter of the inning here. That one's going to be a high chopper. It's going to be gloved by the second baseman. He'll throw to first, stretched his catcher out. Sorry, his first baseman out as the catcher was running over there. I didn't see anything but the pole here. Did they 
Yeah, they, they called, called him out. If, if I tried to do what Guzman just did, every bone in my body would break. He was full splits, completely le both legs on the ground. Yeah, I, I have no clue how he just did that. But regardless, he used every inch of that frame to get the out on a hustling Matashek. So now this will be third baseman and Jackson Lovich as he's stepping up. He's hit the ball hard tonight, but doesn't have a whole lot to show for it. So I have one out here. First pitch to him, swung on, missed, strike one. He's got uh, kind of an important day coming up here in a few days. It's like, you know, a small event coming up, the Major League Draft, no big deal. Oh, one offering. That one gets by everybody. Yeah, I'm sure there's quite a few people in the area who will be tuned into MLB Network on Sunday, uh, Sunday evening and into the next couple of days that follow. Lovich could very easily be looking at a couple hits and a couple RBIs tonight, and yet he sits here with nothing. 1-1 one, one offering. He's going to foul that one. He's in an offer, I believe. I know at least he's oh, he's he's grounded yeah. out twice. He has a line popped on out. out. Yep, popped out to center field, then popped out to the third baseman to hit into a 5-3. Okay, out. yep. So I just didn't remember three. the first at bat. So he's down to the count here. One ball, two strikes. Next pitch, that one swung on and missed, so he is retired. I weigh the strikeout for out number two. Yeah, that was a good good work to go with the off-speed pitch there. It looked like Lovich had gotten decent timing on the fastball, but then comes back off-speed, and Lovich way out in front. Uh, took a good cut at it, but was not going to catch up. Or it was a, uh, He was thinking fastball, that's the best way to put it. So now it's to be designated hitter Andrew Imgarden. So two outs here as he steps in. His team leads by a score of 4-1. to one. That pitch inside had to dance out of the way. So it'll be one ball, no strike count. Imgarden having a nice night at the plate. Had the two hits earlier. Did hit into a 1-3 out his last time up, so he's two for three. That pitch, that one's going to be a well-hit ball. Right fielder going back on it. Still going back. He'll make the grab for out number three. Wasn't pretty, but he made the catch. So three up and three down. We'll go to the eighth inning here as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Gates Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Creating custom, handcrafted woodworking projects has never been easier. Become a member of Sawdust Studios and enjoy 24-7 access to a woodworker's paradise. Outfit with industry-leading, professional-grade tools, Sawdust Studios offers endless woodworking possibilities. Don't have woodworking experience? No problem, as Sawdust Studios offers affordable classes from a community of woodworkers, experienced designers, and master craftsmen. Youth classes are also offered for those junior woodworkers. For more information, search Sawdust Studios on Facebook or find them online at Sawdust Sawdust247.com. Sawdust Studios, your community woodshop. We are state tech. We are hands-on education. When you choose the number one two-year college in the country, you know you will be ready for your career. That's why at state tech, we say, from the classroom to your career, we are the employer's choice. We are State Tech. To the top of the eighth inning now. 
as Tanner Schmidt still on the mound here. Ben's got gas money now for this next week. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice take home right there. 50-50 raffle being drawn. And your parents have made their way to the game here tonight, so. Well, I've been preaching all season long when I've been in charge of the 50-50 that the stretch is the best deal, <laughs> and uh, that's what they went with tonight, and it paid off. So if that's not an indication, I, I think that's what you got to go with. I don't know who was the one who did the stretch. I don't know if it was Bryce or uh, I think it was Steve. but That's going to hit Maris on the back, on the nine on his jersey, so he is hit by the first pitch he sees. I think it was Steve was doing the wingspan, so. So now it'll be a runner on first base, nobody out. This will be Braden Brewer stepping in. Well, Renegade's already asking Schmitz to go multiple innings for the save, and then when you add in the fact that in his first inning, the seventh, although he gave up a runner on base with the double play, it ended up being a pretty quick inning. I, I don't think he threw uh, much more or less than ten pitches, so, I mean, really helps those case in, in pitching multiple innings. Yeah, he threw nine. Nine, okay, yeah, so quick inning. That ball's going to be a hit foul, and it's going to get out of play. I mean, not that I'm expecting him to throw nine every innings, but if he did, 27 is certainly in the tank for Schmitz. And if he were to do that over three innings, I mean, it would be well welcomed. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. I mean, if he can keep that pitch count down, he can for sure go these three innings and uh, help the bullpen out. That would be a tremendous help for them. As the Renegades have a 4-1 to lead, but the Mudcats have a runner on first base. A throw over there back safely is Maris. Well, Schmitz has also not picked, pitched in a very long time. I think the last he, the last time he might have taken the mound may have even been the doubleheader where Rockerbomber walked it off because lately there just hasn't been a ton of opportunities for him. Another throw back to first. Back safely is Maris. He was warming up last night in the bullpen and ready to go before they decided to put Wagner out on the mound to close out the game. Not sure, but I think the last time he took the mound was on the sixth against Nevada. And that was eight days ago. So one offering. He's going to show Bunny. He's going to pop it up. Diving grab for out number one by Lovich as he comes in and dives at that and gets out one. Yeah, made that look smooth. And that's uh, his defense has gotten better and better as the season has gone on. And uh, he showed the skills right there. I think the long stride uh, gave him some help is there as well. Yeah, he takes about three hits and he's or three steps and he's already at the next base. I mean, he, he, if he starts even with third base, where he caught that was maybe about halfway to home. So he probably went 40, 45 feet in three or four steps. So one out here, runner on first base. First pitch, that one in there called strike one. This is Jonas Espinal. Would much welcome another double play here. So one out, 0-1 count. Runner on first base. Another throw back there gets... Maris back safely, was, just safely. Close. Yeah, he was hit by the first pitch he saw, square in the back on that number nine on the back of his jersey. Yeah, Schmitz, although it wasn't the quickest move, the throw was perfect, and it was just late. Time called here at home plate, so. We'll still stay, no balls and one strike. Again, good crowd has made their way out to the ballpark here. This thankful Thursday. Here the 14th of July. There's going to be a ball that's going to go foul. Boy, that was close. Yeah, that's a, that's a call that's 
I, I think you probably wouldn't have had an argument whether it was called a fair or a foul. It was just that close. And if that does stay fair, you're at least looking at second and third, maybe even third and a run in. That ball was, we saw some that were close early in the game. That ball was almost on the chalk. So that'll put the count at 0-2 in favor of Schmitz. So he looks in. 0-2 offering. On its way, runner's going to go to second. Pitch was outside, throw is there. And they're going to say that he was safe. Somehow he slid under the tag. Yeah, throw tail just a little to the left side of second base, and I think that's what had caused it because Hopkins had to catch on the left side of second and then cross over to make the tag. Uh, that's that's about really the only thing I think that allowed the runner to get in there just ahead of it. It was, it was very close. So one ball, two strike count. Again, one out here. Runner on second base now after Maris gets hit by a pitch and steals second. Smith's a look at second, second look in there. Now is one-two offering. That swung on and missed. That is out number two. So that'll be Tyler Bickers, the shortstop stepping in. He got a single his last time up, 0 for 2 before that. Great pitch there by Schmitz, especially after a runner moving into scoring position, stays incredibly cool and collected right there and then snaps one off and way out in front on the swing and miss for out number two. Now you just need a ball hit at somebody and you keep this 4-1 ball game. As you said, it's four runs for the Renegades. They have four runs on six hits. For the... Mudcats, they have one run on five hits. Two errors committed for the Mudcats, none for the Renegades. Check at second for Schmitz. Now he'll look home. First pitch, misses ball one. Be interested to see how Schmitz takes his approach in a righty-righty matchup here. See if he tries to work him away or if he's going to try and get him to roll over to the left side. Five base runners left on the base path for the Mudcats. Seven for the Renegades. Seemingly all of them felt like it came in the first couple innings against Maltby for the Mudcats. Right. So two outs here, 1-0 offering. That one in there called strike one. So we'll be even at one ball, one strike. I would guess if Schmitz could get through this next at-bat, get the last out relatively quickly, um, We'd give him a shot for the ninth inning. You said he threw nine in the seventh. I would probably guess around 14 or 15 here in the eighth. I don't know for sure. So this but. is actually his 19th pitch okay. upcoming. I was a little under. So 1-1 one, one offering on its way. That one upstairs. Herschler pops up. Does not throw down to second base. So you're now looking. This would be pitch number 30 for Schmitz in an inning and two-thirds. Don't know what his number is for sure. I mean, we've seen him do three-inning saves, but... Pitch all three innings out of the bullpen. you got to be efficient. So two balls, one strike here. Two outs, runner on second base. Smith's next offering to Bickers is on its way. That one, and there for called strike two. Yeah, that's a beauty of a curveball. Looks like it starts up at the eyes and then ends up at the knees. That ball had a lot of movement to it and just froze the righty-righty batter. And now Schmitz, even though it's even 2-2, two -two, you feel like he's in control here when it's two strikes. So two balls, two strikes. Schmitz will bend over at the waist. He'll look in to Herschler and get the side. Now he'll step off. That'll send the runner at second back to second. That is Maris. He was hit by a pitch and stole a base. 
So he is standing there. Held on at medium depth by Ott. Not really held on too closely. So Smits gets set. 2-2 pitch on its way. That one just upstairs. Once again, Jack Matashek would like a word. And he actually he put his hands on his head when that wasn't called strike three. <laughs> that, was, that was the perfect timing and the perfect reaction. So now we're full of three balls, two strikes. Again, two outs here as we play in the top of the eighth inning. Renegades lead by a score of four to one. So Smits looks in, gets the sign. He'll check on the runner at second. Does a double look in there. Payoff pitch. That one missed just high, about the same location as the previous pitch. Yeah, what more does uh, Schmitz have to do? I, I, I understand that that pitch is starting high, and it just looked like it had more than enough came back into the strike zone, especially back-to-back -back borderline. That's that's tough for your for your reliever to have to go through, and now he's going to have to face the tying run. So as you said, tying run at home plate now. Runners on first and second. This is Justin Sanchez, left fielder. He represents the tying run. The on-deck circle is Guzman. He represents the go-ahead run. So Smits, two outs here on the board. First delivery. That one, same spot as the two previous pitches, ball one. Well, I think the uh, next thing for Schmitz is going to have to do, he's going to have to work a little bit more of the bottom part of the zone because it certainly does not look like he's going to get the upper part of it. But I like what the Renegades are doing on the infield. Goring not even holding the runner on. They're playing no doubles. 1-0 offering. That one upstairs and outside. That makes it a 2-0 count. This really, with this inning laboring now, this really dampens the chance that Schmitz can go all three. I don't, like I said, don't know what his pitch count limit is and don't know if the Renegades have someone warming up. Yeah, I see some action down there, but I can't tell who it is. Okay. I see some bodies moving down there. So two balls, no strikes. Again, two outs. Schmitz. Looks at second, now delivers the pitch home. That one upstairs and outside. That makes it a 3-0 count. If Schmitz loses this man right here, I think you have to at least go out and have a chat with the pitching coach. Uh, just in back-to-back at-bats and really has not gotten a whole lot of help. It arguably could have had a strike three a couple times, but it just hasn't had the same type of command that we've seen him have for most of the season. So three balls, no strikes count. Middle look in. He's battling against Sanchez. 3-0 offering. That one upstairs and a four-pitch walk, so back-to-back -back walks issued. Well, after the two walks this inning, it has Schmitz's season total at 15 walks in 25 and two-thirds innings, so I guess shouldn't be the most surprising. Walk number's not alarming, but they're also not one of the lower numbers. So, so they're going to have a conversation on the mound here. It looks like they're just going to have a conversation, try to settle Schmitz down. Yeah, I He's think got bases loaded now. Two outs, though. You really want to try and get him through this inning. Although he's been erratic, he still is your best pitcher. And in what is most likely the biggest moment of this game, I mean, tying on at first base, I know it's not the ninth, but this is probably the biggest pitch coming so far. I think you want your best guy out there. So this will be Elian Guzman. He represents the go-ahead run. And keep in mind, too, Schmitz has already gotten through an inning and two-thirds without allowing a run. So it's not like he just hasn't had it all night long. It's just been kind of the last couple of batters, a little bit of a loss of control. So two outs here, bases loaded. Guzman takes a long stretch back with the bat. Now he's set in the batter's box. Opens that stance wide up, that left leg 
out there is that one. Looked like the same spot it's been the last, what, eight pitches called ball or called strike one. It has been called ball. Yeah, well, that one he did go with the fastball, so not as much movement. I guess maybe that's what the umpire was looking for. Regardless, just happy that it's 0-1. So no balls and one strike. Again, two outs, bases loaded. Next delivery. That one downstairs. That'll even the count at two or one and one. Now, that was a great take there because that one started at the knees then ducked out of the zone, but good plate discipline. The Guzman will step back in. And Schmidt's on the mound for the Renegades. The Renegades have a 4-1 to lead. They're trying to preserve it here, but the base is loaded. Guzman asks for time. It's granted. I don't know if Guzman is still standing right now after that stretch he did about an inning or so ago at first base. So one ball, one strike count. He'll dig back in. Again, he'll open that stance up. He'll arch the back back, put the bat back there. Now he gets set. 1-1 one, one pitch. That one in there called strike two. Beauty of a curveball snaps right in there at the knees, although it looked like it started at the shoulders, and Guzman was left frozen. Now behind on a 1-2 count. Now he's got to protect the plate. One ball, two strike count. In two outs here. Schmitz looks in. Bases are loaded here as we play. At the top of the eighth inning, now time called as Schmidt steps off the rubber. Bases loaded as it's Maris on third base, Vickers at second, and Sanchez on first base. And one ball, two strike count, four to one, Renegades lead. Two outs here, Schmitz looks back in. Gets the sign from Herschler. Gets set, one, two offering on its way. There's a bouncing ball. That is going to go foul down the third base line, so we'll do it again. And good for the Renegades that it did because it was hit so slowly, Lowich would have had to deliver a perfect on-the-run throw all the way across his body to first base. Yeah, nowhere for him to go except at first base as he was on third, vacated that spot, and Hopkins can't get there in time. He has to make a backwards throw if he throws to second. So long throw to first, couldn't throw home because the runner was right in his path. So again, one ball, two strike count, again, two outs here. Guzman again opens that stance up, stretches that bat back behind his his back. There's going to be a ball, and it's going to be ripped into left field. That's going to score two runs as they're going to throw it home. The relay throw comes in. It's, It's there, and they got the out. So just one run is scored as nice job of Lovich to cut it off and relay it home to Herschler and tag out. Bickers, as Bickers was caught at home, great work there as Lovich comes out and gives a high five to Herschler as they had to work in tandem but got the out at home. Just one run is scored. We'll take a quick break and be back as you're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Throughout the course of any game, different actions stand out to different people. But everyone remembers a walk-off, especially if it's a walk-off wood bat. Handcrafted right here in Missouri, walk-off wood bat company bats are made with premium-grade maple, ash, and birch, fully customizable to make it truly yours. From the length and weight to the barrel and handle color, you're able to customize every feature of your wood bats, including personalized engraving with a 45-day warranty. In addition to selling custom handcrafted bats, they also offer a selection of bat accessories, including lizard skin bat grips and batting gloves. To help find your confidence at the plate, give walk-off Wood Bat Company a call at 816-261-1014 or visit wowbats.com. 
Hello, Blake Gasaway here with the Show Me Sports Network. I've had the opportunity to have some amazing calls, including overtime touchdowns, walk-off home runs, and buzzer-beating baskets. But I've answered another call. That's to serve my community as a volunteer firefighter. Stop and think what would happen if your home or property caught fire and no one was there to put it out. Every day, volunteer firefighters not only save lives and property, but also respond to other emergencies. Nearly two-thirds of our nation's fire departments are manned by volunteer firefighters. And because of this, we simply need need more volunteers to step up and answer the call. Stop by or contact your local fire department and see how you can become a volunteer firefighter today. I answered the call to serve my community. Will you? We go here to the bottom of the eighth inning. It'll be batters six, seven, and eight will be due up. This will be second baseman and Colby Anthon. First baseman Carter Gorling and catcher Joe Herschler will be the three that are due up. Still on the mound is Bergman. Ott will dig in here on the near side of the plate. First pitch to him. He's going to hit that one off the end of the bat. Left fielder coming in on it. That is Sanchez. He'll make the grab for out number one. One pitch and one out. Now this will be first baseman Carter Gorling stepping in. So Gorling steps in here. As first pitch will miss ball one. Have to say the walk-up song in the game that we did in this last half inning, much, much harder. I didn't even hear whose it was. Levi's. Starting pitcher uh, Brady Mulpey's dad actually got it correct. There you go. 1-0 offering. There's going to be a hard chopper. It's going to be taken by the shorts up heel glove. Throw low. And Gorley's going to be safe. He's going to round first. He's on his way to second. He's going to have to get down. He slides in safely. No throw was there. I think part of the decision there from Gorlin to go to second base is he knew that Guzman was all the way down in the split, so he'd have to pick himself back up before he could go retrieve that ball. Would assume that would go down as an error. Yeah. Yep, single and then an E6. Alrighty. So yeah. now this will be Joe Hersler stepping in. Yeah, that's a good heads-up play right there. That's a first baseman knowing the situation at first base. Absolutely, and it was a bang-bang play, so obviously he sees Guzman going down to get it. If he's standing straight up, I don't know that Gorling maybe is able to make that turn because it... There's going to be a ball. It's going to be lifted to center field. Center fielder going back will make the grab for round number two. Off the bat, I thought that ball was getting in the gap. I did too. But it just hung up too long. So now this will be Taylor Hopkins, the shortstop, stepping in. This is about to be the fastest half inning of the night if this out is recorded right here. That'd be a good time to put a little insurance up there as the Renegades lead by a score of four to two. Incredibly interested to see who they bring out for this ninth inning on the mound. So Hopkins will step in. First pitch, he's going to hit a slow roller. It's going to be gloved at second. He'll double clutch, so to first in time for out number three as that goes as a four-three put out. So despite giving up, a uh, single and then an error. They were 
No runs, no damage done. One left on the base. We'll go to the ninth inning here as we'll take a quick break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Serving the capital city and the surrounding area for 70 years, Animal Medical Center strives to provide the best possible medical service for your pet in a caring atmosphere. To promote quality healing and preventative care in a fear-free environment, Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is a full-service veterinary hospital. Whether your pet has fur, feathers, or scales, Dr. Greg Boyer and Dr. Kayla Terry have the experience and expertise to treat complex medical conditions as well as providing annual well checks and vaccinations. Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City is the only veterinary hospital in the capital city accredited by the American Animal Hospital Association. To schedule an appointment, call the team at Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City at 573-636-4626. Running out of some of your favorite Avon products and haven't seen an Avon brochure in quite some time? No need to worry. Avon Independent Sales Representative Michelle Cartier can help with your skin so soft, makeup, jewelry, fragrance, and skin care needs. Avon now carries cleaning supplies, clothing, daily essentials, and several small LG electronic items. You now have the opportunity to shop online 24-7 and have your order shipped directly to your front door by shopping with Michelle at mcartee.avonrepresentative.com or find her on Facebook by searching Avon Cartee. We go here to the top of the ninth inning as Tanner Schmitz on the mound here trying to get the uh, game closed out. He's three outs away. His team has a 4-2 to lead. As he will be facing batters 7, 8, and 9 will be due up. That's very doable for him. I think most... I think most importantly, you would just like to see a quick inning. Obviously, you take the win and the final three outs any way that you can get, but obviously pitching up over 30 pitches for Schmitz and giving up the one run in two innings. And if you could uh, retire 7-8-9 and roll into the quick fashion, I think it'd make you feel pretty good about one of your most important bullpen arms. Yeah, so I think he's just, what did you say, just at 30 pitches? I... I believe with an outer or with last couple batters. He's at 29 or 30. I, I may have yeah, miscounted. He's 29 right in that or area. 30s. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if I miscounted one or not, but I think he's at 30, but he might be at 29. So Ramirez is the batter. He's going to rip that one foul down the third base line. Like the defense the Renegades have out here, I think in, there's really no weakness at any part of the field. Hersler behind the plate is obviously as good as they get a catcher. You've got Gorling and Ott on the right side of the infield, Lovich and Hopkins on the left, and then in the outfield, Wagner, Forte, and Matashek. I mean, all three of them are very, very capable outfielders, so I like what they've put together. So Schmitz looks back in a one offering. That one's going to miss. Even the count, one ball, one strike. Looks like Forte is playing closer to left center than in just straight center field against a right-handed batter here to start the inning. I mean, he's Forte's playing almost closer to the scoreboard than the dead center 375. 1-1 offering that one low. He laid off of that did Ramirez. Also looks like the left side of the infield playing pretty far back. Right side a little closer in but the left side multiple sets behind the bag. 2-1 offering. That one upstairs that makes it three balls and one strike. 
Well, this next pitch could completely change how this inning goes because you either you lose them and you put the tying run and come into the plate with nobody out or you give yourself a chance to go one up, one down. So 3-1 offering on its way. There's going to be a ball that is going to be hit into center field. Adonis has to let it bounce in front of him. So that's five pitches and a ball hit into center field will result in Ramirez standing on first base. I think the shift actually hurt the Renegades there because if he's playing dead center field, he probably makes that catch just that's come straight in. But with Forte standing in left center, really no opportunity for him to make that catch. That's tough right there because that was a ball in, in normal positioning that's probably out number one. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It's just a tough break for him as they had the thing set up. They had the shift set up, so... Now it'll be Ian Nall. So Ian Nolf will be the new pitcher on the mound. This is by far going to be the biggest situation for Nolf coming in, I'll tell you that much. I mean, seen him pitch a couple times in exhibition games, but in the uh, two appearances that he's made in league games, pitched, pitched an, inning and two, an inning and two-thirds of strong baseball, giving up just two hits and no runs, but... None of those two other appearances were as big a spot as this one, and that's for sure. Ian Nolf, 6'2", 190-pound freshman. He is from Wardsville, Missouri, plays at Columbia College, a right-handed pitcher, right-handed fielder, and right-handed batter. So he is a middle infielder turned outfielder. Well, this is just one of the things that's going to happen. <laughs> Got a pitcher. Late into the Mink League season and with the fact that they're about to play so many games. I mean, you've used a couple of your better pitchers the last couple nights. Shreves was good last night. Um, they used Wagner, I guess, he's starting to put himself into that conversation, then Schmitz tonight. And then now I'm going to turn to, not to discredit anything that Nolf has done, but he just hasn't pitched in as big of a situation as this. I, I feel like most often we've seen him in uh, kind of much more, uh, less pressure situations. So it's a 4-2 to two lead. Renegades over the Mudcats as we play here. And pitching change has Ian Nolf on the mound for the Renegades. So he will have one or two more pitches, then we will get set to play. Interesting to know how likely it is that Nolf draws up a ground ball here. Like I said, I in the inning and two-thirds, giving up two hits and one walk. He has faced six batters, and the batters are hitting 333 against him. Obviously, incredibly small sample size, but like I've said a couple times now, by far the biggest appearance that he will be making on that pitching mound for the Renegades. Interesting decision to give the keys to him right here, but if it comes through successful, this could be a, maybe a springboard into an even bigger opportunity on the mound to end the season. So this is Nathan Cup due up. He hit into a double play his last time up, struck out, popped out to center field as well. So he's 0 for 3. First pitch. That one in there called strike one. And runner on first base, that's Ramirez. A 4-2 Renegades lead. Nolf called in to close out the game here, looking for the final three outs. He'll snap throw to first base, back safely is Ramirez. Not a bad, a, a bad idea there, just with the throw pretty much going right to Gorling's chest. If they're going to have a shot at picking him off right there, that throw's basically got to be on the bag. That one a whole lot closer, but Mira's back safely. Good snap throw there 
both of those have been yeah. looking pretty good by Nolf. Yeah, it just has to be the throw just has to come a little bit lower. And obviously, you very much risk throwing it away, and then you put a runner in scoring position. So it's a tough, tough balance to find right there. Oh, one offering that one upstairs. Hersler comes up but does not throw down to first base. That leaves the count one ball and one strike. I wouldn't think that the Mudcats would be inclined to put a runner in motion here. It would potentially keep you out of a double play, but the tying run's at the plate, not on base. So he is going to steal second. There's going to be a throw down there, and he's safe, so stolen base. That's about as good of an announcer, Shanks, as you can get. He took take second pitch, the uh, pitch after I had talked about how they wouldn't put him in motion. But now very large because takes away the double play opportunity, and although not the tying run, still a... Uh, looming presence out there at second. So now Ramirez moved to second base as Cup will have a 2-1 count on him. Nolf will look at second. Now that pitch upstairs, so that makes it three balls and one strike. Well, Nolf here has just got to start throwing strikes. I mean, Howard, he has thrown one. It's only a 3-1 count, but worst thing that he can do is put himself in a worse situation, start putting guys on, especially the tying run and then the winning run on deck. So he looks in, gets the sign from Herschler. He'll check on the runner at second, 3-1 offering. That one outside, so he walked Cup. So Cup will jog on down to first base. Now this will be second baseman in Jonah Samford. And I think they're maybe going to have a pinch hitter for him here. It looks like he's going to go pinch runner. Or pinch runner, rather. But I guess Samford's still hitting here. Looks like him, but we've definitely got a pinch runner at first. It would take some kind of uh, some kind of move here to put it both in motion. I'll say that much. It'd be a good time for a triple play. Yeah, we've seen only a couple of those turned. I think one turned on the Renegades. I don't know if the Renegades themselves have turned one. So Sanford will step in here. He also, actually, he was the one that hit into the double play. Nolf looks in. He'll show bunt. He'll pop it foul, and it's going to get into the net, so no play there for Herschler. But expect him to try and do the same here, only an 0-1 count, and it would be it would be huge for Chillicothe to put two in scoring position with only one out and move the tying run up to second base. Got Gorling in at the corner at first, and same with Lovich at third, although he's not as far in. Yeah, he really can't come crashing down there too much. So no balls and one strike. Again, nobody out here. Nolf looks in, checks the runner at second. He'll look in again, third look in. Now showing punt is Samford. That pitch called strike two. That's a huge difference this at bat because pulling back and then getting the strike call now essentially takes away the attempt at a bunt. You're not going to do it with two strikes, but if that one had been called ball one, one and one, you still give Sanford another shot to lay one down. Now you can almost essentially eliminate, and I think the Renegades are thinking that as they have now pulled the corners back. Yeah, they put them back more towards a regular depth. A little bit still in a little bit of third. Nolf will look home, get the sign. He'll check on second. Second look in. 0-2 offering. That one just missed. So we'll yeah. go one ball, two strike. Definitely missed low and away, but it looks like Sanford just started to offer at it. Would not expect them to try and have Sanford put on another bunt attempt in a two-strike count, although I wouldn't put it completely past them. 
So one ball, two strike count. Again, two runners on. That's on first and second. That one's going to be in there. Call strike three. That is out number one. That's a big out right there. Yeah, Sanford can't be feeling too good walking back to the dugout. An incredibly unproductive at bats and puts the Nutcats in a much harder spot instead if he gets the bunt down at second and third one out. But now after the strikeout, it's first and second, and a ground ball here could potentially end it. So one out here. As runners on first and second again, this will be Elijah Maris, the designated hitter. A good time for him to get a ground ball here, double play. He'll swing and miss at that one, strike one. A great off-speed pitch there, starts on the lower part of the plate and then just drops out of the strike zone. And Maris swung right over it for the first pitch of the at-bats. So he'll be down in the count at 0-1. Again, one out here. Renegades lead by a score of 4-2. to Nolf looks back in. He'll get the sign. Check it second. A one offering. That one upstairs. So we'll go even at one ball and one strike. Didn't miss by much if that thing comes just a little bit farther down. That finds its way into the strike zone. But when it crosses play almost at... About the midsection or maybe a little higher, Maris just misses high. So Nolf will look in. He'll get set, check on the runner again. Second look at second, 1-1 one, one offering. That one upstairs and inside. Morris had to bail out of the way of that one. Worst that makes thing, it two balls, one strike. Worst thing you could do here, except giving up a home run, would be to walk him loaded. You move the runner into scoring position and give yourself no out if... Nolf were to lose control once again. Morris, sorry, Maris rather, does represent the go-ahead run. 2-1 offering. That one down for called strike two. Yeah, one more big pitch coming here to Nolf. You like to get him right here rather than make this a full count. Uh, best thing would be you roll up a ground ball, but the strikeout would be almost as good Get you out number two here in the ninth inning. So two balls, two strikes, again one out here. Nolf will look at second. 2-2 offering. That one, they say, he went around for out number two. So big out right there. Yeah, incredible work and discipline by Nolf to come right back after two were on to strike out back-to-back batters. They've got him now one out away from putting this ball game in the record books. Now this is Braden Brewer, the center fielder. He is three for four with two doubles. Has a single as well and has a stolen base. He did... Pop out to third, His line, or actually not pop out. That was a line drive that Lovich caught at third base. So two outs here, runners on first and second. Nolf will look in. He'll get the sign. First offering on its way. That one swung on and missed for strike one. Beauty of a curveball there. Starts at the hips and ends below the knees. That ball dropped completely off the table. Nolf has really found his stuff. Not that he was bad to the first battery face, but walked him and Sanchez came right back and looks to have full control over the strike zone. Well, if Nolf can find a way to get out of this inning and get the win, we might have to have him up as our player interview after the game. 0-1 offering. That one's going to be sliced foul, so he is one strike away from getting out of the game here. We won't have to play the bottom half of the frame as the Renegades fans get on their feet here and cheer him on as... No balls and two strikes with two outs, two runners on. It's a 4-2 to two Renegades lead right now over the Mudcats. Brewer represents the go-ahead run. Nolf look in. 
He'll check it second. 0-2 offering on its way. That one's a bouncing ball. Hopkins is going to glove. He'll step on second for out number three, and that will be a winner as that will go as a six unassisted out at second base, and the Renegades win by final of 4-2 as Ian Nolf comes in and pitches a fabulous top of the ninth inning, works around giving off a hit and a walk and comes back to retire the next three batters and get the win for the Renegades as they win by a final of four to two. Yeah, heck of a pitching performance there by Noel. By far the biggest he's biggest game he has pitched in so far on the mound. To come in and to save opportunity, already one runner on base, the tying run stepping in the box. I mean, that's no easy task whatsoever, and for him to do that completely is really a testament to how good that he has been all season long and just adds more versatility to the Renegades lineup. You love to see that for Ian Nolf. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back, and hopefully we'll be joined by Ian Nolf as we'll take a break and be back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Renegades Baseball here on the Show Me Sports Network. Center Software Solutions. Their innovative communication solutions include utility interactive voice response software that allows for smart communication features that let your utility deliver superior customer service 24-7. They also provide other streamlined services like automatic call distribution, automated customer callback, reporting, and quality assurance. To find out more about how Centurion Cares can help your business, call them at 727-421-5300 or look them up online at centurioncares.com. Centurion Cares, innovative communication solutions well the renegades are able to get the win as they close out the night with a 4-2 victory over the chillicothe mudcats we're joined by i was going to say pitcher infielder everywhere pretty much mr utility and ian nolf and uh ian great job tonight on mound to close out the game thank you thank you it uh you know something we haven't seen you pitch a whole lot but you've done a great job at it and how's it feel? Uh, I mean, it's good. Like, I don't, I didn't come in here as a pitcher, so like, we kind of just put me out there, like when we need somebody to like fill in innings. And then I haven't hit that well this year, but like I've started to pitch good, so it's nice to be able to go out there and do something that I love and do it good. Well, leading up to the Renegade season, when was the last time that you saw much action from the mound? Uh, maybe like, like a few innings the summer after my senior year. But I pitched, like, a little bit senior year high school, not a ton. And then, like, the summer a few times, kind of like this. But ever since then, none. Right. So what was your feeling going into that inning? You you worked around having having a uh, walk. You worked around a hit. And you came out and, and shut down the next three batters. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Just kind of going out there, like, yeah, not a, not a lot of stress for me because I'm a hitter usually. So, like, going out there, I'm not supposed to be that good. But then just kind of get the job done and – feels all right absolutely what was the uh kind of the mindset there with uh, you guys getting getting an early lead and then uh, really never looked back what was kind of the mindset there in the dugout uh i mean guys are just trying to have good abs and like put barrels on balls and sometimes we hit them right at them and it is what it is but just keep pitching fill up the zone don't let a lot of free bases and we'll be all right well we saw quite a few really hard hit balls we saw both teams make some excellent plays but uh, saw several that were about as far as you could hit it here without going out of the park. You know, as a, as a hitter, as you talked about, what does that do? I mean, how do you bounce back from that at your next at-bat? Yeah, I mean, it sucks because, like, you do kind of all you can. Sometimes I just make a good play or ball just doesn't go quite far enough. But you can't really – I mean, you can't hate it. It's a barrel. So keep going up there feeling good. Absolutely. 
Well, I appreciate you coming up here and chatting with me. And as we said, you know, Mink League Baseball, a big key to success is having guys like yourself who can play in a couple different positions. Wagner, we saw him on the mound tonight. He was a player that wasn't brought in necessarily as a pitcher, but you guys are stepping up. You're making plays. You're going where it's needed. And that just helps overall that you guys are willing to do what it takes. Yeah, yeah, it's nice because, I mean, pitching runs short. People get hurt. People just go home just because. And people got to step up, especially towards the end. Absolutely. Any final thoughts before you get out of here? Nah, I'm good. Good night. Good win. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. We'll let you go celebrate. I know you got some family here. You celebrate with the team. So appreciate you uh, coming out here and uh, go celebrate it. So great job there as coming in Ian Nolf on the mound to close out the game, gets the victory for the Renegades. Really, and it was one that, uh, you know, he had to work at. As I said, he gave up the single to lead off the inning and then, and then uh, had a walk, but then shut the next three batters down, and that's really, I mean, that's 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 what you got to do. Yeah, he was truly excellent, and that inning completely changed to the batter that stepped in, went two on and nobody out, because if that bunt is laid down, you're looking at second and third and one out. Instead, you get him to two strikes, then he has to pull the bunt back, and then Nolf able to come back and strike him out. That's complete difference in the inning. Not only boosts Nolf's confidence, I'm sure a ton, but uh, completely changes where everyone's at, and then, like you said, Nolf followed it with another strikeout, then the ground ball, I mean. It was, it was a great bounce back, good pitching overall. I mean, the, the fact, that too, that Tanner Schmitz had went two innings, 30 pitches, going for three, I mean, that, that says a lot about someone who's been so versatile. Maltby was great once again. I mean, all three guys that took the mound tonight for the Renegades deserve a ton of credit because uh, they're, they're going to be key key workhorses, especially the two out of the bullpen down this this playoff push. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. And, you know, just kind of like Ian said, that they get, they get here in the season, especially as we start. You know, we're getting to that point where we're starting to get – Later on in the season, I mean, as of tomorrow, we are, are you know, into the downhill slide of the season officially on the other side of the uh, three-quarter mark for the season. So, you know, for him to come in and, and somebody that that didn't come as a pitcher but to step in and close out like he did, we mentioned about Wagner doing the same thing last night. You know, we've seen guys, I mean, even Carter Gorlean is one that got the main league pitcher of the week for his performance last time he was on the mound. He wasn't, he wasn't a player that was that was brought on as a pitcher, but he stepped up. He's he's heated the call, and that's the thing you really like. And we've talked about it numerous times, but it's very selfless play for the players. They're willing to step up and try something. I can tell you that you would never catch me on the mound, just not even for for one pitch, because I would not. I I, I wouldn't do it at all. But they they just they don't think twice about it. If that's what what the team needs, they step up and they do it and and they go after it. And that's really that. I mean that's. That's, in, in all reality, that's what it takes to be a championship team. Yeah, and not to say that this is going to push them into a league championship, all that stuff like that, but the stepping up for each other, not to say that they had bad chemistry a month ago, but it seems far and away like a much tighter-knit group now at this point in the season, and it's picking guys up one after another. We saw multiple times with last guy waiting until everyone's come in, high five stuff like that. I mean, it just seems like a close-knit group, and like you said, um, with the versatility coming in after they're picking each other up, it's it's a team that um feels like we've been saying it all season long. Maybe maybe this is where it gets going because really they've won now. I think six out of the last seven or five out of the last seven, something like that. I mean, they're getting close to about a week to play, and uh, hopefully this momentum keeps up. Yeah, you're you're right about that. I mean, just trying to keep the thing, you know, keep the wins rolling, keep the keep the uh, uh, keep the the bats rolling, keep the pitch going. I mean, do all of that. Yeah, like you said uh, in the last. Several games they they won tonight. Of course, they split two games yesterday. They won on Monday in a non-league game. They also won on Saturday in a non-league game. They split games 
with uh, Peak Prospects last Friday. They beat St. Joe in a 10-run ruled game on last Thursday, won both games against Nevada. So, you know, they're starting to come out where they're, they, might, uh, they might get a win uh, they, they, they might get a loss here or there, but they're picking up those wins when they need them. And most importantly tonight, as we said, just getting down to this stretch, finding a way to put uh, wins in the win column, especially building that momentum because they're going to hit this stretch here, as we said, 12, 12 games in the next 11 days, which is a tough schedule for anybody. Uh, but uh, for tomorrow, going down to play in Sedalia, of course, that's a South that's a uh, South Division game. Then at St. Joe on Saturday, that's a North versus South. Then on Sunday, they're they're playing on the road at Joplin. Again, uh, that's another uh, South versus South Division matchup. So these are getting to be pretty important. And then a couple games next week against Nevada, as we talked about in our, our pregame, that uh, that's really they're, they're trying to put those wins together and create the mathematical equation that Nevada can't find a way to solve and, and put enough distance in them that even if the Renegades – lost the rest of the season, and the Griffins won the rest of the season. Mathematically, they just can't catch up to them. And one last comment, too, about the whole recent schedule and recent success. Keep in mind that all of this is coming on the hinges of a six-game losing streak. I mean, that could have been season derailing. I think one of those losses in that losing streak might have came to Nevada. Um, it looks like it not, but even after that six-game losing streak, the last would come against Adelia. I believe Nevada was right on their heels, only a game or two back, and since then they have completely picked themselves up. I mean, for some teams, they go on a stretch like that, they could have spiraled completely out of control, and we could be sitting here now with the team in last place at 15 games under 500. but they have bounced back. They push it to what they're now two games under and very much in a playoff spot. It's a team that looks like they have. It looks like the losses don't phase them as much, I think, as it maybe did at one other point in the season. Like now, like you mentioned a second ago, when they have had a loss, they have came right back. They did it last night, did it a couple of days ago, and I, I have the same feeling that when it's going to happen because it's, they're, they're not going to go 9-0 and to close out the season, but I have pretty good confidence that when they do lose one of these next games that it won't let it labor on into the final week. You're absolutely right about that. Well, Ben, it's been a pleasure. Any final thoughts uh, before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember the exact saying that the players have been using. It's something w- with Gage in it, but uh, I'll, I'll let them keep that one. But just uh, hopefully keep this rolling into tomorrow and the weekend. Obviously a tough weekend slate, all three on the road. And hopefully we're coming back to Vivian on Monday off a successful couple trips. Well, absolutely. For Ben Schmidt, I'm Blake Gasaway for the Show Me Sports Network. Until we talk to you tomorrow as we will be on the road. As uh, Ben said, we hit a three-game uh, road stretch here. We'll be at Sedalia taking on the Bombers tomorrow that just up the road here from Jeff City, but that'll be uh, first pitch set for 7 o'clock. Our pregame will be on the air about 6.40 with first pitch at 7 o'clock until I talk to you tomorrow at 6.40 for our pregame show. So long and have a great evening. You've been listening to the biggest and absolute best game coverage in mid-Missouri on the exclusive home for Jefferson City Renegades Baseball, the Show Me Sports Network, and the Renegades Radio Network. The Show Me Sports Network broadcast crew are the ones that know your Renegades the best. Exclusive coverage of Jefferson City Renegades Baseball has been brought to you by Animal Medical Center of Jefferson City. Avon with Michelle Cartier. Boone County Journal, Centurion Cares, Christopher Scott, Farmers Insurance, Doc and Norm Direct, Eddie Goodell Society, Han Custom Laser Engraving, LLC, Hoslog Landscaping and Design, Last Sentinel Firearms, Retrieving Freedom, River Oak Christian Academy, Sawdust Studios, 
State Tech of Missouri and Walk Off Wood Bat Company. We hope you've enjoyed the broadcast. Join us anytime on the web at showmesportsnetwork.com or find us on Facebook by searching the Show Me Sports Network. The Show Me Sports Network and the Renegades Radio Network, your exclusive home for Jefferson City Renegades baseball. Serving fans throughout the Midwest and even more around the world, this is the Show Me Sports Network. The preceding was an exclusive broadcast property presentation of the Show Me Sports Network and was a high-fidelity all-digital broadcast. This broadcast is copyrighted by the Show Me Sports Network for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this broadcast without the Show Me Sports Network's written consent is prohibited.